Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post a- What up, friend? Give it up for us one time, man. We are back. We had to take a quick break from last week's episode. We just were, st- oh, man, it's just jet lag, you know. Yeah. Jet lag, flying high, alligator boots. You know how we do. We went to Vegas, shut it down. Fantastic time. CrimeCon 2022. Wonderful time. Thank you to everybody that came to the booth, showed love, gave us gifts and bracelets and just kind words. It was a wonderful time. Fran, final thoughts on CrimeCon 2022. Um, it was fun, man. Everybody had a good time. Um, I see each year we, you know, growing as far as like listeners and yeah, podcasters and stuff like that and the show. But you know, a complete final thought, man. It was, it was great just to be in the room with those people once again. Do that once a year. I thought it was it was, it was awesome, man. For sure. Uh, went to a couple of really informative seminars. Heard John Ramsey speak, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, met met. David Robinson, the father of Daniel Robinson, got to speak with him for about five minutes or so. It was a, it was a, it's really, um, it's powerful to be in the presence of a guy like that on a mission yeah. of that, of that sort, you know, and just to get to talk to him for just a couple of minutes and hear his story was uh, really powerful. So, you know, good luck to him. I'll continue to share whatever information and phone numbers and stuff that they put out there to help him bring his son home. You know, he said, what stood out to me the most was he said, you know, he was in the former military. And he said, you know, you always got to finish the mission, and my son is my mission. Yeah, I was like, that's that's fucking powerful, man. So shout out to David Robinson. Um, a lot has happened, man. We missed last week, so we got a lot to touch on. There's not can't touch on everything, so we're gonna. I'm just gonna. I got some stuff I want to talk to you about that's like really in the zeitgeist right now at the moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll sprinkle onto some stuff we might have missed last week. But up first, did you see? Uh, that guy get turned into an audience pretzel when he ran up on the stage to try to, I don't know, oh, attack, yeah. attack Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle yeah, yeah, man, that was, you know, when the Will Smith thing happened, 
there were a lot of comedians that were t- tweeting out things like this. Like, is this the state of comedy now? Like, is this what we're going to have to worry about? And I kind of went, a guffaw, man. A push-hush. I did a mm-hmm. lot of noises with my, a lot of onomatopoeias. But, I mean, this is the second one of these. You know, like, I don't know if people now think this is the new um, viral thing to do or if they think they can just, if they don't like what somebody's saying, they can just rush the stage at a comedy show. But I don't. What do you mean the second? You mean, like, with, they, with Will Smith being the first? Yeah, I mean, as I far don't as like put those the, two at, in the same category, why wouldn't you? Because, um, maybe because Will Smith is also famous, and that guy that ran up on the stage wasn't unknown. He was just like, I mean, I guess that's just a te- some random. Yeah, that's a technicality. But I'm just saying, like, he didn't like what the guy on the stage that was telling jokes said, and then he ran up on the stage. So that's what I mean by similarities. Yeah. The guy, whoever that guy is, is not Will Smith and he'll never be Will Smith now. I mean, his arms don't work. I mean, they folded him the hell up. But my point is like the, 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 the conversation that came from the Will Smith incident was, well, he shouldn't have said something about his wife. You know, there were a lot of normal people, regular everyday people who agreed with what Will Smith did. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean. Like has Will Smith emboldened people to, if I don't like what you said, I'm going to go rush the stage. You know, so that's why I put him in the same category. And I think they are in the same category because I don't know why this guy ran up on Dave Chappelle, but I would assume he doesn't like some of the jokes that Dave Chappelle has, has, has told. And I get that. Every, every joke, some, sometimes people don't like jokes, but, you know, you can't run up on stage and attack people. That's not okay. So, and I hope that guy learned. I, I tell you what, maybe, maybe other people won't learn. Maybe other people will try this with Amy Schumer or some shit like that. But that guy, mm-hmm. I would assume, will never rush the stage again in his life. And the craziest thing of that to me is that there were thousands of cameras pointed at that person and he's not being charged with anything. Hmm. I don't really know what the state of California or if Dave Chappelle didn't press charges or anything, but it's like we all saw him rush the stage and they're not charging him with anything, which sends a really weird message. Like, you know, like, so he, you know, he's not guilty of doing whatever he tried, he just tried to do. So would you Will think- Smith didn't rush the stage though. Oh, no, he walked up there. Oh, he was at home. That's the Hollywood. Him. He was fixed his coat, walked up there very calmly. He did, nothing he did where he rushed. Well, he didn't have rushed. to rush because the security wasn't going to do anything to Will Smith. This guy knew he had a very small window yeah. and to do whatever he tried to do. They said he had a fake gun and a knife on yeah. him. I don't know what he was trying to do, but whatever he did, he failed. And apparently he got stomped out by Busta Rhymes and Jamie Foxx. Did he? Yeah, because they were up, they were up there. Backstage? They were, yeah, they were showing support. And oh, everybody shit. jumped on this dude. So it was like, imagine looking up. And seeing all that black excellence, mm. putting boots to your face. I, I mean, that would really break my heart to yeah. get stomped out by Django and the guy that made woo You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a hard one to come back from. Yeah. And then you see the picture of his arm was yeah. like, I was like. Got real gothic vibes, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like one of those black, he looked like one of those black dudes that perms his hair. Yeah. And then has, has the emo bang. Yeah. Like. So it's pushed to the side. Yeah, yeah. Side. I, I didn't care that much. I like to listen to the music when I was in high school. You know, we like to listen to Paramore and stuff yeah, in high yeah. school. But I was like, I'm not commit. I'm not going to wear Janko nah. jeans or wear chain I'm pants. I'm not going to wear nets around my hands. No, I'm not wearing <laughs> finger net gloves, and I'm not playing Dance Dance Revolution at the movie theater. I'm not that committed. <laughs> I'll listen to the I'll yeah. listen to the Black Parade in my headphones, and that's as far as I'm willing to go. Yeah, I'm not dyeing my hair purple. I'm not putting uh, chemicals in my hair to give myself a perm. That guy looked like he went all the way. And yeah. look where it leads you to. You know, don't ever go full emo. That's where it leads you getting stomped out by Busta <laughs> Rhymes at the Hollywood Bowl or wherever they were. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely crazy. What did you think when you saw that, though? I thought that was nuts, man. I, w- I would be, in Dave Chappelle's shoes, terrified to, like... Yeah, you don't know what somebody that guy's come, do. Yeah, somebody come, like, on your peripheral view and charge at you, yeah. and you got to, like, 
That's that's scary. Man. Quick reaction, yeah, and scary. then you don't even know what you're reacting to because it right. could be a gun, it could be a bomb. It could, today's time is so crazy. I yeah. couldn't imagine what that guy's thinking. Yeah. So like, just because you don't like somebody's jokes to put that kind of fear in somebody, and I understand like Dave Chappelle is a, a professional and he he played it off. He made some funny jokes after yeah. the you know whatever and and you know whatever. And Chris Rock was there and he made a joke. <laughs> Everybody, that's what comedians do though. Like they take those awkward moments and they make the funny out. They squeeze yeah. the funny out of them. But I'm sure he was very much like. Oh shit! Like this could be it. That's what I mean. Malcolm, not to compare him, but like Malcolm X was on a stage, and you know, telling, giving a speech, and all of a sudden he got shot like forty six times. Yeah. Like it just, it can be that fast. So yeah, man, don't run up on stage with people if you don't like what they say. Leave. That's I mean, that's or don't go. Like I would imagine at this point, you know, if you it, you know, if you don't like Dave Chappelle anymore, yeah. So why go with the intention of booing or any of that shit? It's corny to me. I don't know. Like I, I just, you know, I just. I'm always on the side of comedy. I feel like, you know, if it's, if it's a joke to be made, you know, the joke's going to be made. Like, it, that's, people find brilliance in those moments. The, the same moment that you're afraid to offend somebody, you could find the most brilliant joke of all time. Right. And it's, it's, it's a razor thin line between an offensive joke and a brilliant observation. It's that thin. Like, it, it, one word, one inflection is mm-hmm. the difference between offending the room and being in history. And th- those people are risk takers, man. Yeah. Those, are kind of, those are the kind of risks you take. You know, it's, it's 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 scary to get up on a stage and risk getting booed by a crowd full of people. I know it's like I'm not saying that comedians are martyrs. I'm not on that train. I'm not. I don't think they're like the fucking uh, the backbone of society or any of that kind of stuff. But it's, it it takes real courage to get up on the stage and say some shit that you think people might not like. Yeah. And you got to try to convince them that no. But but just hear me out and then <laughs> turn them around on it. Mm. It's a skill, bro. I, I respect I, I respect comedians more than. Most entertainers, bro. Yeah. It is a it is a real sharp sword that you have to have to do that shit. So I always give give props to comedians. Now, speaking of controversial figures and controversy and all that type of stuff, a a, a guy that I don't even know if people that listen to this podcast knows recently shockingly passed away, and I feel like I have to speak on it because it just it it is crazy. <laughs> uh, Kevin Samuels. What are you? Is it crazy because it was just it, you wasn't ready for it? It was just like I mean, it's not even a ready. Or, I don't. He's not a guy that's in my consciousness or anything like that. But like. You see his videos all the time, and then and he's just dead now. And also, the, the really, it's not that it's not that I'm not shocked that he. I'm mean, I'm definitely shocked that he's dead, right? Black people, we got to go to the doctor, take care of ourselves. This is crazy. I mean, 57 is really young to have a cardiac ar- arrest or whatever, yeah. right? So that's that's m- most important. Like we lost Chadwick Boseman; he's like 44 years old. We got to go to the doctor, man. You know, get your prostate check, get checkups. We got to do that stuff. Yeah. So that's that's one part because it is shocking for a fifty-seven-year-old man who's like whatever you think about him, he's had it. He's having. He was in the middle of a successful career. Like he was very popular. He's making money, and now he's just dead. Now he wasn't. He was being discussed on Black Twitter and Facebook like every day, mm-hmm. and now he's just dead. So I mean, I would imagine this is the the top of his career. It's the peak of his career, and now he's just dead. Anyway. Kevin Samuels, very controversial figure, like a woman advisor, man advisor. I don't really know how to describe what he is, but he says some harsh things to people. And the thing that I, the thing that really, uh, the thing I, I don't really want to talk about it, but it just was interesting is like, again, people didn't like the things that he said. Yeah. And so when he died, it was like people came with popcorn to yeah. Twitter and like they were really sa- called it karma. And I just think that's like nasty. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand if you don't like somebody, you don't like what they say. But the idea that the karma to you not liking what somebody says is like, well, they so they died. You know, that's karma for you. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, man. Is that what we're doing? 
So, you know, I don't know. Rest in peace to Kevin Sand. He's a he's a person. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not applauding his death. I don't I didn't agree with a lot of the things that he said, but I, that I, that wasn't I wasn't wishing death on him because yeah, of him. but coming from you, you keep saying is he dead though? It's like because that's <laughs> the bro. That's you don't you weren't shocked? No. What? But why weren't you shocked? I don't. I, I mean, why I, do you, I, why do you think, saw why do you think I, it's crazy I that I'm shocked? I don't know. I can't. I don't know why. So I'm asking you. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, it'd be like it would be like I don't even know what to compare it to. It'd be like if you found out Drewski died. You know, like some internet person that yeah. is really you see him on. Do you not see Kevin Samuels on your phone every day? No. I see him on, every day. I go on Facebook. It's a minute clip of him saying something. I don't mean see him as much because he's not on TikTok anymore. So I don't. I, I okay, well, I'm much. just. It, the average person who's on the internet a lot yeah. has come across this dude in his glasses drinking a Red Bull like every day. Like yeah. you, you come across this dude's videos a lot. He's frequently on the internet. It would, you know, so yeah, it's shocking to me. Like this person who's on the internet every day is just dead now. That's why I'm shocked. I see him on the internet every day. <laughs> And now he's dead. And yeah. So I was like, is, and I thought he was, I thought that people, internet killed him because that happens sometimes. People make up, they just say, oh man, uh, J- Johnny Knoxville died. Yeah. And he's like, no. And he has to come out and put a tweet out and say, no, I didn't die. I'm not emotional about it. I don't, again, he wasn't my friend, but it's just, it is shocking that this person who goes viral all the time is just dead now. Like, that's crazy. And then to see people be like, yeah, well, psh, piss on his grave man i don't know i'm just coming i'm i hope he's dead i'm like damn you know like, it was just like <laughs> it's just crazy to see what um disagreements can bring out in people like when you don't agree with what somebody said if you, yeah if you, if you don't like them whatever it is it's like i would never be happy that somebody's dead well let me take that back there's you gotta be a real <laughs> you gotta be like a real like evil person for me to, <laughs> to hope or to be uh, no, I wouldn't even. Be, I don't even think there's anybody I could say I would genuinely be happy if they died. But unaffected in any kind of way, borderline happy, you'd have to be like a real scum of the earth type of dude, like a Nazi for me. For me, yeah. Just speaking for myself, to be like, oh, they died. <laughs> eh, well, you know, <laughs> fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, I, you'd have to be. You got to be a real, like a purely evil person, a racist you know? person. But beyond race, not just racist, like you said some racist shit. Like you, had, like you physically enacted racism on a, a, a society. Yeah. You have to be like a real, a, like a person who's hurt people, like physically harm people. I'm sure that some of Kevin Hart's, Kevin, Kevin Hart's, I'm sure that some of Kim, Kevin Samuel's words have hurt people's feelings and yeah. stuff, but like to, to call. Wish, yeah, to, to, to be like, to, to, to celebrate his death. Yeah. Somebody's death is crazy. I just thought, yeah. And that was, so it was a combination of like, But wait. people are, pe- the photos, the photos I see when I do these lynching stories, I go, they on that list. Sorry to say. Oh, the they, people that they, are like, those you know, have, toasting marshmallows and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. For all of those people, for sure. <laughs> I, I, but I don't know them. Yeah. If I did know them, you know, when I found out that lady that uh, said Emmett Till did whatever died, I was like, oh, well, yeah. you know, uh, have a nice trip down. Um, but uh, but it's, it's, it's not a lot of people, bro. It's just not a lot of people that I'm like, they died? Great. Let's go get a drink. Like, this is a good day. It's a, this is a great day. That was the energy on the Internet for a yeah. lot in a lot of corners of the Internet that I went to was like, man, I'm dinner tastes extra good tonight. I just, I just, I just, I was like shocked. I was just shocked by that. It yeah. just the whole thing kind of shocked me. Again, I don't really, I don't have any. Well, if you hurt, really hurt people's feelings, then I mean, you can't. Sure, you I, can't. You can't. I can't tell people I, how to react. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I can't tell people how to react. At the end of the day, I can't tell people how to react. I just, it just caught me off guard. Yeah. I would never be like, man, that person died. 
open up the wine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's just, it's just not me. So yeah, I saw it. I go, I went, oh damn. Life goes on, man. But you like you were like you weren't you weren't like, damn, is this real? You would just immediately accepted it. Well, when I saw the tweet, I was like, oh shit, he died. But I was like, but I go in how first. I go like, how did he die? Like, uh-huh. Damn, that's crazy. And then, they picked that apart. They said he had some young girl or whatever, like yeah. not young like a kid, but I just mean like he he's fifty seven. They said he might have popped a Viagra or something like that and had a cardiac arrest in an apartment. Or they they you know when they don't like you, they want to put all the dirt out yeah. there about you. So yeah, you know. Hey man, I don't know. Rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. In true crime news, this is the hot story right now. I don't know if okay. you heard about it, but um, a woman named Vicky White. She was a corrections officer, and I don't know what I can't remember what state it was in, but she was a corrections officer. She broke her ex husband out of prison, and they are now currently on the run. Hmm. Vicky Vicky White and Casey White. Casey White is a six she foot correctional officer. Mm-hmm. Okay, six foot nine white man covered in Confederate flag tattoos and. Shit. Nazi art or whatever, a giant man, very weird, creepy looking. They think that he might, they might be um, on the run. They think that he might be, they might be using a wheelchair to have him be, wheel him around so he's not as easy to see. Uh, they think it's possible that she might have, have disguises. She sold her home a week before she had to hatch this plan. Like I said, she was a corrections officer, so she knew all the times and everything. They have footage of her, like just walking him out of jail and getting in a car in the middle of the day. And um, so they, she sold her home for $90,000. They are on the run currently. The people, again, I don't remember what state it's in, but I'm going to assume it was a, like a, it was like a Alabama or a Mississippi or one of those type of Arkansas. I don't know. And I know those aren't like geographically close, but like they're close in like energy to me. <laughs> but um, the, 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 like the, the warden of the jail, other officers, they're like, So yeah. she just happened to work in the same the prison. I, mean, I don't know about happened to, she worked there for a long time. And, and he was there. And he was there. And I, I, I believe he was her ex-husband. I believe because they're both they're both named are white, okay. but they're not married because she was married and or she was married or dating somebody and they recently broke up, and they think that's when they reconnected or something like that while working at the same while she was working there and he, he was, was a prisoner there right yeah 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 and so she broke him out they're on the run again this guy's a six nine giant man this woman's like fifty seven years old white lady um, they think that she's very because she worked in corrections they think she knows what the plan is and they yeah. they really are giving her a lot of credit that that she's going to be hard to find but again she's walking around with a six foot nine man covered in racist tattoos but they think that he might be in a wig and in a wheelchair you know they also had some other um speculations about some things she might have done as far as dyeing her hair or doing this that he and got like he got like a, a bone uh bone surgery like oh man, no, down. that's crazy. And that's like, the whole ninety. You guys gotta be on the run. That's the whole ninety thousand. You can't do a face off for for no less than for no less than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You can't just get a new face. <laughs> then you gotta be healing. You walk around with bandages. I mean, like they shape. I mean, like they did some some fucking just a whole new guy some future shit. Like, yeah, they, they like broke his knees and like shaved his knees. Oh, they oh, his bones they, down, oh, his shin get, bones. Oh. <laughs> Now he's like six foot two. They dehided him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic dehiding. They made him a five eleven. He's, he's off the radar. Yeah, now. no. I mean, you take the six nine away, he kind of just looks like any white dude you'd see in uh, in <laughs> Kentucky. But it's six nine is what makes him really stand out a lot. Yeah. Um. That's the really hot button issue right now in true crime. People are really like grabbing grabbing onto that because it's just uh, it, it kind of is like um, it's a prison breakish. What if it, they're not even together now? What if they're not even? Oh, they like immediately got in a fight. Like, no, or they just was like, well, oh, they went their separate ways. Wanted, yeah. 
I don't know. They they're really romanticizing it like a Bonnie and Clyde type of situation. Of so. course they are. It's the media. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I, and I fell right into it. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, yeah, they're probably like they're they're gonna go. die together. They're gonna go out together. Like in the whole, if, if they get caught, they're not gonna go down yeah. without a fight. They're gonna go out shooting. That's I bought right into that. They could. <laughs> she might have just like he might have paid her to break him yeah. out, and then just like all right, thanks. And then he went off with the clan or something moved like that. Fucking and she went to Costa country. Rica. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my mind, I'm like, no, they're held up in a Motel Six right now, making love to each other grossly. The room smells That's like spam. People want to hear a story like that. Yeah, yeah. That's get people tuned in. It's cute. Yeah. They're not cute, but like the the remake of this movie, it'll, they'll cast some cute people. Yeah. Them themselves, no. I don't want to picture them having like a romantic sex scene in a movie. They. They don't look like the most attractive uh, duo in the world, but they look thorough though. Mm. Like they look like they both at any point could have a gun. He could yeah, be not going in, out of fight. He's in the wheelchair with like a blanket over his legs to give that sick look, but it has a oh, shotgun like, uh, underneath it. Uh, like um, what's their president's name? Oh, um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Was it Roosevelt? The one that was in a wheelchair? Yeah, I think it was Roosevelt. One of them Roosevelts. Something? One of the Roosevelts, I yeah, believe. Yeah, one yeah. of the Theodores or one of the Roosevelts. Yeah, yeah. And nobody think. knew he was like. He had like um, cerebral palsyism. No, I think it? he had. What was the? What was the? What was the disease of the time? Uh, you had to take a sugar cube. They put the. They put. They they put the cure in the sugar cubes. The penicillin in the sugar cubes. Um, polio. 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 That's what it was. Oh man, that feels so good to. Oh, yeah. thank you, Fran. Thank you, Polio. Yes, he's pretending like he looks like he like they they have him in a wheelchair, like he has polio. Yeah, the joke, da 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 da. But there's a shotgun underneath the blanket. Yes, yeah. boom. There we go. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but that's all the news I really have that that I really feel like talking about. Obviously, other things happen, but it's like, eh, we missed it. It is what it is. Let's move on. Let's get into these shoutouts. Oh, I did want to bring up. Um, jump into it. Um. Dean, you remember on the way home, on the flight home before we took off, I saw on the flight to Vegas. Oh, before we home, home, come home. I saw you screenshot, not screenshot, but the the headline of the that barrel that was found in in, Lake Mead and Lake Mead in Nevada while we was out there. Yes, and reading the article was like, now that the water is drying up, yep, I guess because it's getting to summer. I'm not really sure how to climate about that, Mm -hmm. but they was like, oh, more may more may be popping up. Sure, and I was that's that's crazy. Yeah, man. No, Vegas is a super mob town. And I'm not sure. Too terrible for the, to have a barrel with a body in it and it's sitting underwater for decades or whatever. And then after a while, it like that starts to rot. Well, who would up? Who would have predicted that the well? What happened with the, the the water levels went down? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, th- who could have predicted that? But I mean, if, when they when they but the picture I saw of the barrel, it's like it's all like it's breaking up. Unless it was unless they did that. But I mean, like no, no, it it, it it's it, deteriorating. It's corroding and stuff. But I'm saying like, but I mean, like for that to happen for you to do that 20, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. but at, over the time it. It just eats away. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like that's that's just wild to me. I, I mean, that's, that's ha- everything. That, that, <laughs> I know, but it's just yeah, still like it's everything. just underwater. There's like nobody's gonna find it. And then fucking 30, 50 years later, it pops up and there it is like, right there. That's that's wild. Yeah, man. No, that that Lake Mead story was pretty crazy. Um, but I also wasn't shocked again because it's Vegas. That town yeah. was built on mob corruption, illegal activity. There's bodies. There's so much desert in Nevada. And all you got to do is put a body in the trunk, drive out 20 miles, dig a hole, throw them in there, cover it up, and you'll never see that person again. By being a desert, and you, but you can see the, me being there for the first time, and then seeing like, you know, in the, in the city, and then going out to Grandma Kelly's house and stuff like that, you can see the outside border of that, which yeah. is like desert and hills, but you can see the new development where it's like, it's spreading out. Yeah. 
and they busting down the fucking hills and shit to build, you know, new development and all kinds of shit like that. And that's that's kind of interesting too, just to see that, which is kind of crazy. It's ever expanding. Vegas is is probably the most ever expanding city in the world. There's casinos that were there ten years ago, no longer there. New ones pop up, come out there. It's been a couple years for me, but I come out there, new things up, new hotel. It's the new hottest hotel in the city somehow. Like things just, it's just it's always expanding. It's always rotating. Places go bankrupt. Like a lot of places, you know, felt the the pain of the pandemic and lost a lot of money and didn't recover. But that's always been Vegas. It's a lot of yeah. turnover. Like it's 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 an interesting place. I would never live there again. But it's an interesting place, especially as an adult. I also, hearing the um, imagine, you know, a family going through, you know, somebody in their family turns up missing and then news comes out like, oh, a body's been found. You go this time. I, like I couldn't imagine if, that having happened. that feeling, being like, oh, you know, I hope it's I hope it's. Like I don't I don't mean to put it this way. Maybe it's another way you could put it. But like, hope it's our turn. You know, yeah, what I mean? hope it's them this time. Yeah, I get that. And that's yeah, just yeah. I, I feel like that's a rough feeling to, to deal with. Whenever you hear like a body is found, and you, yeah, somebody went missing your family years ago you in just Las don't Vegas. Know. A lot of people felt that this week yeah. when that Lake Mead news came out. The Lake Mead news about one body and the Lake Mead news about potentially other bodies. So now there's people that come out. My daughter went missing in 2011 yeah. or 1999 or 1987. Vegas has been around for a long time. Not that long, but long enough where the corruption is that people, there's all kind of bodies gone missing in Vegas. So when you hear news like that, people's ears perk up. They yeah. want you, yeah, go do more. Dredge the dredge the lake. Yeah. Go try to find more barrels. Who who else could be out there that we that we could solve a murder, bring a family member home? Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of uh people's ears will perk, perk back up and uh, potentially a lot of people are gonna be disappointed again when it's not their family. Because there's only yeah. one person's family. Right. Member, yeah. You know, yeah. so that's right, folks. It's time for some shout outs. First of all, shout out to everybody again that came out to CrimeCon, used our code. We got told by multiple people that they came specifically to see us, used our code, brought us gifts. Those were the ones that just meant so much. Like, you know, obviously there are people there that knew who we were, and that's cool. But when people came up to us and go, I came here to see you guys. That touched me in a different type of way. So shout out to y'all. Yeah. Round of applause to everybody. Because CrimeCon is not an easy go. No, it is not cheap. Not. It's not cheap. It's 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 a lot of to deal with. Like pe- people-wise, if you have any kind of anxiety, it's a it's a tough hang. It's a tough hang. Also, you know, it was a lot of people that was like, I've been listening to you guys from day one. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a lot of, you know, that one. And then I gotta give, I gotta give a shout out to, I gotta give a shout out to my girl my girl Tammy. Oh man, I got, I got to. No, you guys, to. you guys were vibing. I got to give a shout no, out to you guys were vibing. We, we was, and we shout was out hanging to Bill, out. her dad, Bill. My, that's I was like, that's like my adopted father. Yeah, Papa oh, Bill, man, man. ladies' man galore. <laughs> he had all the lines. Like, would you like a piece of hard candy? <laughs> like, he just had all these lines ready and stuff. Yeah. He was a he was a player from the Himalayas, man. Yeah. Um, shout out to Tammy. Shout out to Bill. Shout out to everybody. Yeah, um, shout out to everybody. Yeah, I mean, everybody you know, came past the table, took pictures. It was. It was amazing. It was, it was, it was fun. It was amazing. It was I signed fun. a VHS copy of It Takes Two starring Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it, it was a it was it was it was some really fun things happening yeah. over the weekend. It was a really good time. That was a fun weekend. And hopefully we get to do it again. But again, shout out to anybody that came to CrimeCon. But now let's jump into these Patreon shout-outs. Speaking of CrimeCon and Patreon, uh CrimeCon live from our booth an episode full of moments and a compilation of things that happen is available on the patreon at the moment feel free to go check that out if you're not a patreon member go ahead and sign up it was a fun time there's a lot of other stuff on there as well of course but like that that is the newest thing that came out from CrimeCon so far is CrimeCon live from the booth we were we were chopping it up talking to people had some interest interesting interactions didn't make the episode but uh, interesting interactions that were fun 
in the moment. But when I was in the uh, when I was in the audio booth listening, I was like, "This is, I can't put this out. This is the craziness. Like I can't. Nobody will know what's happening. There's yeah. seven people talking at the same time. Oh. People are screaming. Like it, it, I, I can't put this out because nobody's gonna know what's happening. Yeah. But it was a great conversation. You know who you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, uh, shout out. Let's kick things off with a shout out to Peter B. Shout out to Peter B. Thank you to them for joining the uh, Affirmative Nation over there on Patreon. We love you. We support you. We uh, hope that you do well in all your endeavors. Up next, we got Kelsey B. Shout out to you. Much love and appreciation. Keep doing your thing over there. I love your glasses. Keep it up. Up next, we got Joy L. But you know something, friend? She's never taken L's over here with the Affirmative Nation ever in life. Once you join Patreon, it's a fact. Seven years of good luck. You can trademark that. That's a stamp. You can take that to the bank. Up next, we got Juliana G. And real G's moving silence like what, friend? Lasagna. You know that for sure. Yeah. Shout out to you, Juliana. Keep doing your thing. Up next, we got Marisa. Okay. All right. All yeah, right. I was, I was waiting, waiting for it. She tried to catch me. She tried to catch me. Next, we got Marisa R. Shout, Shout out to Marisa R. The Rocket yeah. Tattoo. I remember you. Yep. Much love and appreciation. She thought she was going to catch me slipping. And if I'm going to be honest, Marisa, waiting. you have a lot of... Uh, she, she has a lot of... Uh, uh, low feelings about her name as far as it being hard to say, and I don't think it's hard to say once you tell me once. Yeah, I wasn't gonna forget once you tell me once. I go, oh, so it's not Marissa, it's Marisa. It's, Marisa, it's locked yeah. in. Your yeah. name's beautiful. It's not hard to remember. It's not hard to say. It's a great name, and yeah. I got it, and I said it, and so you lose. I think she bet me money that I wouldn't get get it right. <laughs> so you owe me money as well. Well, you probably was if she didn't tell you. That's that's <laughs> no. I, I don't even want to get into why, but like I would say Marisa. I, I think, think you would have caught it, but you wouldn't have you wouldn't have dove into it like, oh, I think it's this. Yeah, I think no, she definitely like, put a hiccup. Odd. She put a hiccup yeah, in my yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah. Like when I saw the name, I was like, nope. We met her, talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Don't say Marissa. For sure, don't say Marissa. Say Marisa. <laughs> yeah. So it, the conversation did help. It yeah, worked. Yeah. So shout out to you. Keep doing your thing. We love you. I mean, we signed her stuff. Yes. It was so cool, yes. man. Shout out to Marisa. Shout man. out. She was, she those was things make dope. it. Those things like I don't ever want that feeling to go away, bro. Like I, I was humbled. I was like, you want me to do what? Yeah. Sign or your shirt? Like I never want that feeling to go away. You know, like it, it, it it's so, it's so humbling and weird and like. Yeah. Uncomfortable Like I'm like What are you gonna I don't Why Why would you do this Like this is dumb Why do you want me to sign something yeah. But if that's what you want Whatever you If you support this podcast You helped us get to Vegas You helped, the, helped yep. us get to Austin I'll do whatever You just want me to sign something Do a cameo Say happy birthday Whatever the hell man But think about it though When we get to When we When, when we get there Because we will get there Being the hottest The hottest true crime podcast out Well I think we already they are, are but okay. they, they are first with that type of merch, man. With that type of signed merch. Oh, that's they go, true. Yeah, first with that. Oh, there's somebody else with that. That it takes two DVD stock is about to go <laughs> through the roof, <laughs> man. When we hit big, when we hit, when we really strike oil, yeah. Somebody's sitting on a pot of gold with that Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie. So shout out to you, keep doing that. Was smart. That was. They might not even know who we were. They was like, go ahead and sign this. I just, I see the potential. Yeah. I see the way you guys carry yourselves here. Go ahead and sign them. Go ahead and sit on this. Put it on put eBay. It, when put it like a time capsule. Yeah. When the time comes, when, yeah. When time comes, <laughs> I'm gonna pull this out. Put it on eBay. Yeah. Um. Last, we got two last names. We got Becky B. Shout out to Becky B. Love the alliteration on that. And then we got Kate M. Shout out to Kate M. We love the both of you guys. Uh, much love and appreciation. And like I said, much love and appreciation to everybody who supported this podcast along the way. Just started supporting the podcast. We met a lot of people at CrimeCon who, you know, said they were going to check us out. So if this is the first episode you're listening to, shout out to you. Um, and we appreciate you guys. And again, like, it's something about going to CrimeCon. We've only been to two. But something about going to CrimeCon, when you come, when I, when I come back, I can't speak for you, but when I come back, it's like, 
motivation, inspiration, uh, a humbleness. Like, I just, I can't believe that we get to do this. You know, like, that's the coolest part to me is like, when, you, when we come from those trips, I'm like, we just got, and this time was different. Like I said, it's like, we just got comp the trip in Vegas, got to meet awesome people who we've met along the way and on the internet and who supported us and joined the Patreon and have been there from the beginning and listened to those bullshit episodes that I hate. And now, because of all that stuff that's happened, all those little conversations online and episodes that we put out and, and, and controversy, controversies and things that we've had to bounce back from and all that shit has happened, we end up in Vegas at a four-day convention meeting awesome people, hanging out with our friends, our podcast friends, doing all this t- type of shit. When you come back, it's like, man, that shit, that, re- that just happened. That really just happened. It humbles me every single time, man. So, and it's because of people like like y'all that listen. So thank you guys so much. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I think it's Fran's turn to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome back. First story, post-crime con. Yes. 2022. Yes. My affirmative murder this week is about Philip Coleman. Little was known about Coleman's personal life, but information coming from an interview with Sheriff after his arrest, according to Coleman, he was born in 1919 in East St. Louis, Illinois, as Philip J. Coleman Jr., and reportedly had many half-siblings scattered across Illinois and Arkansas. Mm. His mother remarried when he was still young, and due to frequent arguments between her and his stepfather, he fled for Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at age nine. By himself? At nine years old, for you to go from Illinois to Pittsburgh, which is like two, it was like two states over or something like that, right? Whatever is between those two. What, 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 what's the, what states? Illinois and, and Pennsylvania. Oh, <laughs> you got me. Sure, like, yeah. Sure, it's like, I not? think it's like two states between those two. Okay. But I mean, to do that at nine years old. No, that's crazy. Bonkers. Get yeah, your little yeah. stick and bindle, hop a train, and got some at, soot underneath At nine eyes. years old, where you just like, you just like, I'm fed up with it. I'm fed up with you two. I'm Cut the here. malarkey. I'm so stuff like, so you said it was like, so it was, he was born in 1990, according to him, so he's like 1927. Yeah. Definitely said something about some malarkey. Whatever so it is. You know what? You was, guys are malarkey. He was done. I'm headed for the money train. He then he got done. on the train, hailed it. Had to run it down, jump on it, Wes Anderson style. I know it's dangerous. I'm yeah. Yeah, luckily at nine years old at that time. I'm you know lucky he was still alive. Yeah, Traveling for sure. Distances like that at nine years. It could have got consumption, yeah. bitten by a venomous snake. You know, other organ trail type of uh, incidents could have happened to him at this time for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he was protected, but I'm sure he had a wooden train inside of a handkerchief that he had tied around a stick. 
And that was one of his prized possessions, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so again, he fled to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at age nine, where he was later picked up by juvenile authorities for stealing bread. Coleman's mother later picked him up and returned him to East uh, East St. Louis. Now, we've had, <laughs> we talked about a story where we went to Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. And Classic. without telling our parents. We weren't nine. We, wasn't, we weren't nine, <laughs> right. We weren't nine. Nine and, is crazy. You know. Imagine if we were nine <laughs> we went to Pittsburgh. And to just drive down there. To see <laughs> Nelly or whatever. <laughs> uh, but imagine, like, we had to call Miss Dion and go. Because my call and my dad wasn't going to happen. Come get us? <laughs> Come get us. Where Man. are you? We in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no. Imagine I his mom had to go dr- had to drive four or five, whatever it is, the distance days. for th- days to, get yeah. the, to go pick up her son who was mm-hmm. stealing. Yeah. Your son's come pick up, Man. He come pick up your son who's a thief. Also, you have to pay his bail. I'm sure yeah. they didn't just let him go. They probably had to pay bail, a nickel, shiny nickel, to let him out. So you don't even get to just come pick him up. You have to come pick him up from a crime. Yes. But would you steal bread to feed your family, though? Whoa. Damn. Would I steal the bread to feed my family? Moral conundrum, you know? Would you steal bread to feed yourself at nine years old? What would you do if your son was at home crying all along? Yeah, I get it's a song, man. Yeah, you don't have to keep. Is it? We get it. Yes, man, it's a song. (laughs) Damn. I'm just asking questions. I don't know. So Coleman's mother uh, later picked him up around um, and returned him to East St. Louis, but he continued to habitually run away after his mother was supposedly murdered and her body burned to ashes. So it was once it, hey man, it was one incident where he ran away and his mom was killed. And just and into into nothingness. Into ashes. And this is all his story. This feels very Benjamin Buttony. Like, like he just is like telling his own story. Like, you know, like Forrest Gump, that kind of thing. Like he's just telling his own wondrous story. I don't know how much I believe. Could you burn a body to ashes in the nineteen twenties? To nothingness. It's gone? Because now you have no proof. Proof what? That his mom died. The where is she where is she? What do you mean? Well, it's 1920s, bro. You could just go away. You could just be like, I'm going to move to his another mom just, state. His mom drove two states over to go get her. You think she's just going to be like, Well, he kept, running, he kept running away. That's what no, I'm saying. She no. could, eventually, she got fed up and she goes, You know what? I'm going to go run off. I'm going to go. Me and my boyfriend, fuck this kid. Go ahead and run off now. No. Go. Now we're done. I'm done now. No, I, I'm not I'm not riding with that story. That's her child. You'd rather ride that she got vaporized into nothingness? Yeah. He, maybe he went back to look for his mom. She wasn't there. And then he found out like she just, got killed. He just saw a pile of ashes. Maybe. But she had a step. She had a boyfriend. Maybe she, he went back at some point and she was like, yeah, he, she was murdered. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go with, she just said, fuck this him. kid that keeps leaving and, and running she away. Just, she just dipped. No, 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 no. Hell no. When pressed for information about his supposed, about her supposed death, Coleman claimed that she had been killed by a white man whom he had been, vi- who had been visiting her but was never prosecuted for her death because, at least in Coleman's view, she was a Negro and he was a white man, mm. which is not like a far-fetched thing. Sure, no. That happened. No. That happened in those times. Absolutely. I was expecting you to say because there was no body to be found. No. So, okay. But that's so, so already we're on a better track than I thought. <laughs> no. Uh, he also claimed to have finished only a single year of high school. He, he, he grew out of the running away thing, and then eventually he so? settled down and did one year of high school. Probably. And then probably, you know, the streets called him again. He started getting back on the train. Do you think you know where he was going though when he ran away? I think I think just so you didn't have Pittsburgh? Like that's that's why. I think the open road just calls you. You, know you just I mean? go like, wherever. Yeah, you ever seen a goofy movie? Yeah. You know, just I think the road just calls you. You end up floating down a river in a in a raft and stuff like that. So I mean, that's one of my favorite movies, man. Goofy movie? Yeah, man. Oh, the perfect cast. Soundtrack? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man. Don't get me started on that. If we listen to each other. I have the soundtrack on my phone. Same. 
<laughs> I frequently pull that song up on yeah. YouTube and just listen to it. People are like, "What do you listen to?" I'm like, "Just that new, uh, yeah. just that new little baby." You know how I do the streets. I, I run the streets, and it's like, and finding Santa's dancing machine apart and maybe uh, is a reach. Me and Sophie, we jams out when that comes. That's a, that's a great song. <laughs> if you're ever lonely, song. So sometime during his teenage years or early adulthood, mm-hmm. he moved to Franklin, Washington, and married a, a Native American woman. From Arlie, Montana, with whom he had two children, but broke off contact with her, or well, just them. The family. Yeah. He left. Well, he abandoned, so abandoned he, his family. He left his, he left his Maybe family. Maybe it's in his DNA, bro. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. I don't know. We don't have any Do proof. we have no information about his dad? So his dad could be you know, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. That's all we know. He would later be arrested for burglaries and break-ins in the state, for which he served 14 months in Monroe Correctional Complex and later six months at the Washington State Penitentiary, mm. respectively. After his release, Coleman would accept various odd jobs as a traveling laborer. They use some other word. Traveling laborer is something sounds more professional. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what the other word was. <laughs> Moving from state to state until he eventually ended up in Montana. Okay. Which is like a state over, it sounds like. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Where his family is. Or his, fam- his wife, his his girlfriend or whatever. Yes. It's from Montana. In, in Montana, yes. So on July 24th, 1943, Coleman accepted to do some work for 48-year-old Carl W. Pearson, a, se- a, a section foreman for the, the Northern Pacific Railway who lived in Lothrop. There, he worked alongside, alongside 39-year-old Lewis Brown, a, mis- a mixed-race ex-con from Harrington, Kansas who had convictions for vandalism and grand larceny in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo. Yeah. So it's like, that's one of my favorite names of a place I'll never go to. <laughs> I'll never go there, but I love, I like, saying, it. I love saying it. Yeah. Because it sounds like kazoo. Right. And kazam and zoo. It's <laughs> <laughs> mixed all in the world. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he had convictions for vandalism and grand larceny in Kalamazoo, Michigan and Fort... Fort Madison, Iowa. Now, to be honest, I've heard Kalamazoo before, and I love seeing it. But till I read the story, I did not know it was in Michigan, unless it's somewhere uh, one somewhere else. Yeah, I had no thoughts about where it existed. <laughs> I just knew it was a place that existed somewhere. Yeah. I, yeah, it's news to me as well. I didn't know it was in Michigan. I just knew I know it exists. I read. I go. I went. Oh, that's where it is. Yeah, I go <laughs> Kalamazoo, Timbuktu. They could have been in the same place for all I knew. That's on my what? list. Yeah, yeah. Did you do that on purpose? No. Oh, was I was I freestyle yeah. rapping? Yeah, that was an accident. Sometimes the bars just come out of me. You know. Yeah. <laughs> So after fishing, I'm sorry, after finishing their work for the day, you know, hard work day, they went, hey man, let's go get some, let's go get some drinks. Of being a traveling laborer. Laborer. Laborer, yep. After finishing their day, their work for the day, the two men went to a bar in Alberton where they drank beer and played dice together. Mm. Upon exiting the premises in the evening, Coleman told Brown that he planned to to rob Mr. Pearson or rob the Pearsons. The boss. Yes, the boss. As he had seen that he had at least $200 in his house while working there. I would love to know the conversion rate on that. Yeah. Much too. Like, I mean, I feel like you could make that at a job, right? I, I mean, you have a job. I guess but not if it's 200 Not, not, not if 200, 19, not, yeah. early 1900. Not if $200 is $6,000. Probably. Yeah, yeah. You could probably make $13 and that's a good day's work, but you'll never make $200 because that's like $10,000. Right. Okay. Yeah. So $200 back then, you go, oh, this is the jackpot. Yeah. I have to. 
I'm poor. I don't have any money. I lost my, I left you, my family. Like, could you imagine seeing somebody pull $200 in 2022? See somebody pull $200 on and be like, oh my God, are, what are you, a, a Rockefeller? Well, not even that. You murder a whole family for $200. That's what like, I'm saying. So, like, I'm, I wonder how much it, I mean, there's no, obviously, let me, let me go ahead and preface what I'm going to say. There's no price that's worth killing an entire family. But to say, like, I saw him with at least $200, like, what is that today? Um, so I had to do a quick Google search. So okay. it says $1 in 1919 is equivalent in purchase, purchasing power to about $16.62 today. Ooh, so 200 times 16. That's the sounds I make with my brain. It's, it's all brain. 200 times 16. That's $3,200, friend. That's a nice That's little a grip. Up. That's a nice little grip of That's money. Come up. I mean, not worth killing a whole family over at all. Absolutely But not. If, 30, 30, if I saw somebody pull out $3,200... Today I'd be like, oh shit, you just gonna pull that out? I'd be man. concerned. Like, whoa, hey man, don't you don't want people to see you have that much? That you don't want people to see you have that much money on you? Cash, like in that's hand a, that's obscene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea that two hundred dollars was an obscene amount of money to have on you is crazy. That's what it, it is. Because thirty two hundred—that's a brick of that's money. Not. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. Not. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said that he saw he's that Mister Pearson had at least two hundred dollars in his house while working there. So at least he eyeballed it. Was like, oh, that's 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 probably over a hundred dollars. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So much to his dismay, Brown showed no interest. So Lewis Brown was like, I have a job. Nah, I'm good. Yeah. Dog. Nah, I'm, I'm, no. And then causing Coleman to draw a knife. So now it's like he told him this plan. So it's yeah. like, yeah. I, now I have to threaten yeah. you or something because now you know. you know too much. Yeah. You know too much. And you weren't receptive to it. Right. Yeah. So Coleman drew draw his knife and he cut his hand while he was doing that. Threatened to kill him if he was uncooperative. So Lewis is like, fuck. Now I'm stuck in this, but I can't not go to work. No, yeah, that's a tough one. It's that's that's a tough one. This is why I don't talk to people. I don't. Why would you tell me you're gonna rob somebody? I don't need to know that. But nothing you can do if he just like just volunteer yeah. the information. For I me. guess he just thought he was gonna be in on it. I'm like, don't tell me that. Don't hey, I like I like my job. Whatever whatever they would do, I like it, man. I don't need, I don't need to rob. I make mean, make good money. Uh, so causing Coleman to you know he drew his knife, cut his hand, and threatened to threaten him if he was uncooperative. Feeling threatened by his younger companion, Brown agreed to accompany him to the Pearson home. No, see that's so now no, he no. Had, he, you have oh he said he, if he didn't comply, like he meant he meant so help kill him. him. No, but I'm saying like I thought he meant we were going off the assumption that he just meant like you better not say anything. He's saying no, you have he to said, come with me to drop. If the you place. don't cooperate, I'm going to kill you. I don't see now. I'm like I, that might just be his defense. I don't ah. Uh. Cause I'd be like, man, you just got to kill me, man. You want me to go help you rob somebody? That could go. You, you, he killed the whole family. Yeah. Like now, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life in jail. You might as well kill me, man. Kill me. No, I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I'm I don't know he's gonna kill the whole family. That's <laughs> it. So I, I like to think I got that kind of balls in me. Yeah. I'm like, well, you Wait, kill me, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. nah, <laughs> yeah, that's you on your own on that. Well, well, I guess you're just gonna have to send me on my way. That's, <laughs> I like to think I'm like the double bluff where they go, yeah. oh, this dude's like cold blooded. Yeah. I'm gonna leave him alone. But in the moment, I don't think I got it in me. <laughs> Fuck all that. Like, I'm you, not. You feeling froggy? Then leap. I'm not doing that. As soon as you hear the gun fucking load up. And like, yeah. No, no, I was, no. What do you want me to do? I was joking. I was joking. You want me to go you help you rob the place? Call your yeah. bluff. And this is, that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll pick the lock. I'll go in first. Yeah. So when they returned to the house, Coleman told Pearson that Brown was sick and asked for some aspirin. Mm. So again, Coleman. Well played. Like, hey, Pearson. And he's a good boss. Buddy, Mr. Brown is sick. Can you give him some aspirin? That's a, he's a good boss. That's that's yeah. messed up. Take care of his workers. Once Pearson got some 
got some and was returning to them, Coleman drew an axe and oh. bludgeoned him to death using the blunt end of the instrument. Jesus. The two men entered the residence, went to the bedroom where Mrs. Pierce, where Pearson's wife, 30-year-old Rose, uh, Rosalind, was lying in bed. After threatening her to reveal where the money was hidden, Coleman took out a knife and stabbed her to death. Jesus. After killing the woman, he ordered Brown to grab the bags and meet him at the front door. Instead, Brown hid behind some racks, I'm sorry, some rocks, as he was afraid that his companion was planning to kill him. So he thought that, oh, he really, seen, he really, really seen, did this shit. Yeah, now I really seen he's definitely, shit. He's definitely going to kill me now. No witnesses. So after looking and whistling, <laughs> Brown, he was like, I'm, I'm not going out there. Not at <laughs> I'm all. I'm not budging. I'm not moving. Not at all. So Coleman was like, fuck it. But by bags, what, did he have the bags of money? I don't know. Because the bags. They probably stole some shit. They probably some extra, you know, like uh, yeah. spoons, silverware, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. White guy, I got money, whatever. He said, "All right, this fucking guy's taking too long. I'm out." Uh, so after whistling, looking for him several minutes, for several minutes, Coleman got into the Pierce's car and left. After making sh- making sure that he was gone, Brown got up, got out um, of his hiding place and headed towards um, Missoula. So basically, they went their separate ways. Sure, he hid. He, Smart guy, smart guy for Brown to be like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, I'm not gonna be stuck with you for the rest of my life. Now we're on the run. Yeah, not doing that. So the grisly crime scene was discovered by one of Pearson's children, Uh, seven-year-old Richard, uh, who then ran towards the house of a neighbor, Vera Winsper. After he told Winsper that his father was lying out in the yard, she went to the house to check on them, only to find that both had been murdered. She then called the police, who immediately issued an arrest warrant for Coleman and Brown. Oh, how'd they know? They was they, they was the last people to be seen at the house. Got it. And he'd been there working the last couple of days. Got it. Who were last seen at the household. On the following day, the Pearson's car was found by a highway patrolman in Drummond. But there was no sign of Coleman. Uh, Brown was later arrested at the Western Hotel in Missoula after he was identified through his social security card. He was then um, entered into the system or whatever they did at that time. Mm-hmm. Placed in a questioning, but repeatedly denied that he had anything to do with the murders. I didn't do shit. Yeah. I didn't do nothing. But he was there. But he was there. Yep. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Over the next three days, police crossed Montana as well as Fargo, North Dakota, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Arrested multiple men who they thought might be Coleman, but released all of them when they provided solid alibis. On July 28th, the real Coleman was found to be hiding at a freight train, at a freight train car in Drummond. I told you he loves trains. I knew he loved, I knew he loved trains. I knew it. <laughs> was immediately arrested and brought back to Missoula to face charges. By that time, Brown broke down and admitted responsibility for the crime, explaining in detail how the crime had occurred, but placed the blame for the murders entirely on Coleman. So again, I was there. I was forced into doing this thing, but I didn't kill him. Sounds like the truth. Yeah. The latter, whose attitude was described as, talking about Coleman, mm-hmm. at, described as carefree, jovial, just swagged. I ain't do a damn thing. Yeah. Walking in. they got You the guys got person. nothing on me. Got nothing on me. Smiling and shit, cheesing. But he adamantly was like, I didn't kill them. Yeah. I don't know what, the, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't kill them. So then he announced that he had killed Miss Pearson 
and his intention to plead guilty for her murder as fast as possible. However, he claimed that he was not responsible for Mr. Pierce's murder, and which was interp- interpreted by authorities as a likely ploy to plead guilty at a later date, possibly to receive a lesser sentence. Mm. So, thinking he was like, okay, I'll, I'll cop to one. I'll cop to one. But not both. But not both. I but mean, I feel like the, the punishment they, is still the, like, you're going to die. Or yeah, fail. and then later if they go, hey, man, th- th- like the shit they do now. Yeah. Just, just go ahead. Take, take a plea. Take, take the hit for both of them, and then you, uh, yeah, and all you, you get is kill you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, modern day media at the time noted that Coleman appeared to be charming, well-spoken, and even have a, you know, I guess a um, a basic understanding of court procedure work based on his actions at preliminary hearings, but was also described as cocky and boastful. So it's like well, he's been in another. He's been there. He's been nine. there before. So yeah. duh, he's no. He knows what the the procedures is and shit like that. But he came in there like take fingerprint. All right, man. Yeah. What you gotta do this? He yeah. just just going in like he owns the shit. Yeah, of course. Where's where? <laughs> where's my change of clothes? He's on. He owns. Spread them. <laughs> been here, done that. Right. Uh, the first to be charged with the murder was Coleman due to his willingness to accept a guilty plea. At the same time, authorities announced that they were investigating their pair. They were investigating the pair for additional crimes, including theft, thefts, and possi- possibly an additional murder. While examining one of the bags determined to be Coleman, Cole, Coleman's, mm-hmm. police found numerous advertise, advertisements for dice rolling and letters he had been he had written to women across the country. They do like to roll dice. On July 31st, Brown su- suddenly um, took back his statement, claiming that he had not seen Coleman murder Miss Pearson. Uh, it's too late for that. But was sure that he had killed both after he had left the house and his clothes had been bloody. Oh, so he's still saying I was there, but he's I didn't saying, see it. Yeah, I didn't see shit. But when he left, I assumed he did it because he had blood on his clothes. When he was informed the charges would be would still be brought against him, in addition to being asked why he changed his statement, Brown stated that he was afraid he would be lynched in jail mm. if he had been truthful. While awaiting formal charges, the difference in the two defendants' wildly different demeanors were noted in the press. So Brown was like scared shitless. Yeah, and, and Brown's mixed race, right? Mixed race. It's crazy that he's more afraid of like the racial element yeah, of this yeah, yeah, yeah. than than yeah. Uh, P- what's his other guy's name? Coleman. Then Coleman. Yeah. And Coleman is Coleman's walking, just a black dude. And Coleman is walking around like he owned the place. And he's just like a straight up black dude. Straight up black dude. That's 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 weird. Yeah, I feel like this guy probably. I mean, I, I obviously I don't see a picture of him, but I feel like you know there's some people who could pass at this time. Coleman. For, for oh, white. like oh, like Brown. Yeah, for him being mixed yeah. race. Yeah, pass yeah, yeah. for white. Yeah, yeah. And he's terrified of being lynched. Yeah, man. And he's he's scared of shit. Yeah. And then Coleman was like. Walking around like he owned a place. No, man, we like he didn't do shit. Two white people are dead, man. We're fucked. And he's yeah. like, nah, man. Nah, man, we good. <laughs> I'm charismatic. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So Coleman was described oh, sorry, Coleman was described as cheerful and he even smiled when he um when he did his press photo, when his press photo was taken. Wow. While Brown was noted for his silence and apparent signs of psychological distress. So I mean, they it was black and white, but them two, you can see that. Yeah. Oh, he is scared of shit, and this dude's just like confidence cheese and just yeah. cheesing and shit like fucking facebook photos what time do you get off ma'am it's like right. you're a murderer <laughs> right uh, in the sheets yeah like, what that's crazy <laughs> uh august 2nd coleman pleaded guilty to killing Rosalind pearson before justice albert besson which is french Ooh. he continued to deny responsibility for carl pearson's murder 
which he placed entirely on Brown. Damn. Yeah, man. That's some fucked up shit. It's cold. That's fucked up shit. So his counsel fled, I'm sorry, filed a charge that aimed to be absolved, aimed to absolve him of this killing, which was criticized by attorney Fremont Wilson. During the proceedings, the prosecutors presented witness testimonies from several witnesses and a medical examiner, all of which sustained um, the supposed robbery motive. In the end, Coleman was found guilty, convicted on all counts, and sentenced to death. When asked if he had anything to comment, Coleman explained, to hell with it, and laughed out loud and sat down, all right. apparently unconcerned with, this, with the sentence. Despite these actions, he wrote a letter to Governor Sam Ford to ask whether, whether there was a possibility of his sentence being commuted, to which Ford later wrote back and said that he would review the case at a later date. And, I, and, and he never called him back. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. Before Coleman's trial would begin, Justice C.E. Calmer granted a motion by the prosecution to name him as a co-defendant in the murder of Carl, Pierce, Carl Pearson. Mm. This move was criticized by Coleman's attorney, Howard Toole and Randolph Jacobs, who claimed that it was harmful to their client's constitutional rights. In the meantime, Coleman who was reported to play solitary in his spare time and occasionally tap dance. Imagine being, imagine being in jail, prison for murder, and you are t- tap dancing away. Hey. Like, like not like you are, like you in a, a resort. And you're recreational. Pack it, pack, 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 pack. I got something in my left pocket for you. That's crazy. In the rec yard? That's wild. While people are playing basketball that are doing 25 to life, and you're like, well, I'm going to get out of this soon. Playing basketball and your memories. Put tap dancing, man. All alone in the moonlight. You can't tap dance and not have a smile on your face. I just don't see how that's possible. I mean, if anybody can, it's Mr. Coleman, because he did it. That is Aren't you concerned about being hung? Never. It's the crazy shit. The sun will come out tomorrow. Why do they have tap dance shoes in jail? You know, you probably made them out of you know made a soda them. can and you know some loafers. <laughs> Put like a broken pan on the pieces. Of I the saw two of the kids shoes. in New Orleans make uh, tap dance shoes on the street out of some bottle cans, really, and some New Balances, and they would get cleaning up on the streets. Went viral. But to be like, oh, I love, I love tap dancing. I just love tap. Throw some. Some some uh maybe they that's give his you, like, sandals flip flops and you just got <laughs> tap and got bottle caps at the bottom of making tap sandals is crazy open the open to the the convertible tap shoes is that was nuts <laughs> so those oh okay, yeah, your shoes ain't got no roof that's wild yeah no um maybe that's his escape you know like his you know guess, when man. when all when the world's crashing down around him he taps he taps all right uh so again he was reported to play solitaire in his spare time and occasionally tap dance. Um, so he said he promised to give reporters the real story, uh, the real story, shortly before his scheduled execution date. And the same time, in that same time interview, he alluded that he could have easily escaped if he had accepted a ride from some white friends in in Glendive, and could have fled to Mississippi, where he believed it was too dangerous for authorities to catch a black fugitive. See, I just think this guy's a bullshitter, man. Think I don't is? think his mom's dead. I think his mom probably like disowned him. I think he's just a liar. There's no. Re- I mean, I bet he never ran away on a train. I bet it's all lies. There's no reports of him, his mom being murdered. I tried to try to like Google something up, but it's nothing. Nothing li- pops up because he's a liar. Think he made that up? I think he just is a habitual liar, man. Making know. up grandiose stories. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I got like seven white friends. They told me get in. We'll give you a ride to escape the state. I was like, nah, I'm good. 
if I if I would have chose to do that though, I wouldn't even be here right now. But I'm here. For Brown's trial, 50 jurors from the surrounding area were selected to preside over the trial. In the beginning of, in the beginning of the trial, Brown's attorneys filed a motion to amend his not guilty plea, but this was denied by the judge two days later. After a week-long trial, Brown was convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment, mm. um, and he was taken to Montana State Prison. So he didn't get the death penalty. He got life in prison, which was is still fucked up. I mean, Still fucked up. I mean, he was there. Didn't he? Didn't do nothing. But this was intimidation. This is like when Debo made Smokey go and break into that guy Stanley's house. He didn't want to go. Yeah. Then he didn't even <laughs> give him any of the money when they. He nah. didn't even give him any of the money. Nah. So what did I do this for? That's fucked up. I'm, I'm just an accomplice with no money in my pocket. Life ruined. Because you chose to get a beer with some dude you just randomly were a traveling laborer with. Just hanging out. Man. This is why I just I don't, wanted to hang out. This is why I don't hang out with people. So a little more than a week after his trial ended, Coleman's attorney announced that he would file a, a motion to withdraw his client's guilty plea, claiming that Coleman would have not pleaded guilty if he had known the death penalty was on the table. This motion was denied by Justice Comer, who ruled that the initial approach was proper and did not evaluate any of the victims. I'm sorry, any of the, the convict's rights. A short time later, it was announced that two writers of the of um, two writers for True Detective had taken interest in the case and intended to document the entire case. And in response to the recent ruling, Coleman told in an interview with a reporter from the Missoulian that he had that he held no hard feelings toward anybody associated with this case, and that he was fully aware and deserving of the sentence he had been handed down. Wow. In order to carry out Coleman's hanging, special makeshift gallows were erected at the Missoula County Jail, where only a few would be allowed to attend the hanging itself. In response to a reporter describing him as a as unremorse, unremorseful the day prior to his hanging, Coleman wrote a letter to the Missoulian saying that this wasn't an untrue characteristic and that he felt remorse for what he had done, publicly asking for forgiveness from both God and the citizens of Montana. On that same day, Ford's administration announced that they would not grant clemency to Coleman. Shocker. So he was just, he's going out there saying like, whatever they're saying, like I'm coming in, like I don't give a shit, is not true. Yeah. Coleman, who had previously refused religious counsel, had been baptized at a Catholic, baptized a Catholic in prison. And when brought before the gallows, he again expressed that he was sorry for what he had done, that he was ready for, ready to face just judgment from God. He was hanged at the Missoula County Jail on September 10th, 1943 at exactly 7.07 a.m., making this one of the fastest capital punishment cases in state's history, lasting 47 days from the murder itself to the date of his execution. Mm. Coleman's last meal was a plate of fried oysters. Oh. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dream a little bigger for yourself, man. That's what his shit, that's what his shit was. That's like such a decadent, that's, that seems like not a lot. It's like being like, I would like some escargot. Like what? That was shit, man. I'm going for more uh, quali- quantity than quality for my last meal. How you know you have a whole bunch of them? That sounds disgusting. A whole, a whole bunch, bunch of fried, of fried oysters? oysters? <laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> He's by turning things up. Yeah. He's- Lip is fang- 
Yeah, oh man, that's all kinds crazy. of shit. Nah, that's, nah, that's foul, <laughs> man. You got you got to change it up. I need some hot, cold, you know, creamy, crispy. I need all. I need a variety of different types it. of things for it. my last meal. But you know, what's also funny is like when you're facing death, you got to. Just in case, just in case you're wrong, you know what I'm saying. He's like, wasn't religious, always turned on religious counselors. Like, yeah, I'll go ahead and get baptized real quick because you never know. They hang you and you fucking, you know, how, like on those TikToks, like next snap and then you're in heaven. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like you just next snap hell. You're yeah. like, no, I got, I, oh, I was, oh shit, I shouldn't have been an atheist. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're on that plane and you, the, the turbulence gets crazy, yeah, you could yeah. be the biggest atheist in the world. Don't believe in God, anything. When that shit gets real and it's like this shit could go down. Those hands come together. Just to be, just to be dear, sure. Dear God, I'm sorry. I love God. And, you know, but then that plane levels out. Yeah. Go back to being an atheist. When you're, in the, when you're in the real dark times, all that I'm not sure. So and hell? I don't really believe. Just in case you want to just say last Hail Marys, get yourself baptized. You still burn in hell. If I have the chance, if I have, the, if I have the chance and I was a guy that was on the fence and they go, well, we have this priest over here. He can dip you real quick. And then that would absolve you of all your sins. I go, go ahead and dip me. Cause it could be nothing. It might die and just blackness and nothing's after. But if you fucking don't do the dip and then you fucking get hang, you get hanged. And as soon as it bah, get, goes black, you wake up and it's hell. And we had this feel, conversation. Feel real silly. We had this conversation before. Like and it's a deep, silly it's a deep conversation. I don't think we need to get too deep oh, into boy. it. <laughs> what? 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 No. What? What? Go ahead and ask. Why you say that, man? Because no, it's gonna be something crazy. Go ahead and ask. It's what not gonna it? be nothing crazy. Cause I'm what I'm, I'm what I'm saying. What I'm what I was what I'm about to say is mm-hmm. we talked about this before. Sure. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Now I do believe in God. Okay. But I think it's just straight. It's it's that's it. When this is when this ride is done. Uh huh. And we unbuckle that seatbelt. Yeah. This is it, man. I don't. I, 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 I'm, I'm I'm with you, man. Now do I hope? Sure, I hope. There's an afterlife, and I get to visit my my you know God rest her soul, my mom. Absolutely, again. I hope yes. so. I hope all those things. But. I think I think this is just it. I just here here only no. because we talked about this and I and it's like and and you said this before. If you said it, I'm sure I got it from you or heard it somebody else. It's it's a human thought. Yes, what makes it why it just can't be. It can't be that. It can't be. It can't be that. Specifically, that. That's my whole thing. Yeah, I don't know what happens to the energy in this right. body when it when this is this realm is over. But the idea that it's like, yeah, you know, we all have on robes and wings and halos and there's Arby's and McDonald's and shit. No, but that's all man-made concoction shit. That because all we can conceptualize is this that we live. Yeah. So it has to be some version of this, right? Like, no, I don't know. It's not that simple. If it, if there is something, we can't even conceptualize what it is. Yeah. So I can't be like, yeah, I'm going to see my grandmother again. I'm yeah, going to yeah, hug yeah. her and be like, yeah, you want to yeah. go over and see Stevie Wonder sing? And Michael Jackson's doing a concert. It's just not going to be like that. Yeah. So that is not, I don't believe in that. But something else, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't knock that that's a possibility. Speaking on that, there was a person we talked to who I was supposed to do an interview with. Come back from Crown Con 2022. I'm trying to get some content out, my own content out there. Yes. So she hears this, reach back out to us. Because I, I don't remember who this lady was. She said she passed away. She died and came back. Oh, and it was the person the you were speaking to. The interview I was supposed to. I was. We we talked to her on something. I don't know if it was. It was. We did. We was doing something. She mentioned it. And we was like, oh, we got to get that interview. I wanted to do an interview with her about that. Sure. So she still listens to the podcast. And you hear this? Reach out. Yes. I do want to. I do want to. Sounds fast. Do an interview with with her. But back to my story. Again, I just don't know if you know if you. it's something in the afterlife. But you take the dip just in case. 
I guess. Would yeah. you? Um, if it's all, if it's available, you're getting walked down to death row. They're gonna put the needle in you. It's 2022. They're gonna put the needle in you, and then somebody just goes, "You want a quick dip, just in case?" Why not? Okay, so why not? Why not? Why not? Ain't hurt nobody. Yeah, take the dip. Yeah. So his last, again, his last meal was fried oysters, which is shit. Yeah, and that's it. Following his execution, the Missoula Police Department revealed that Coleman had made a written confession claiming that he had killed 23 people over his lifetime. He's a liar. I don't believe him. And that he would, oh, that, that, that's bullshit. And that he was responsible for an assault in Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> I don't know if, I'm sh- that doesn't even sound is like that a real place. place? <laughs> that doesn't even sound real. What is this? <laughs> a PBS show? What? Are we, what? what kind of self respecting adult would live in Walla Walla? <laughs> oh, that's even a real place. Gulla Gulla Island, Walla Walla. <laughs> yeah. No, nah. but that's what it say, man. What you know? This guy's a silly goose, man. I don't. What? What if he wrote that in his confession? He just made that bullshit up. Yes. Walla walla. Why are people reading it like where's where is that? Is that north of what's yeah. that north of? Where's that? Um. Yeah. So he was responsible for an assault assault in Walla Walla, Washington, for which another man, Jack L. Williams, was currently serving life sentence. So it is a real place. However, he gave details for eight other. Eight of these murders. Now, again, we don't know how true these are, mm-hmm. but there is a list of a couple of these. So in 1933, in Helena, Montana, the victim was Andrew Walton, um, a black acquaintance of Coleman who was hacked to death with a hatchet. Oh, geez. In his confession, Coleman claims that he had staggered into his home during a drunken, a drunken night and intended to rob him, but ultimately stole only 12 cents. He then hitchhiked, so he then hitched a ride from Livingston to Butt from a soldier who had supposedly stolen the vehicle, but with ne- but he never saw the man again. And Coleman was considered a suspect in the case beforehand, and since his confession was considered credible, the case was closed. Oh damn! Well, that is his mo: robbery, hatchet. Yeah. He said the name specifically in his letter. Yeah, and that's a real guy who and, was killed. Yeah, he was killed, and he wow. was uh, he was a suspect. Yeah, that part too. I, I, yeah, yeah he was a suspect, and then wow. Well, then yeah, he did. It. I guess he isn't a liar. Uh, there was he, a maybe he did ride trains. Maybe I think so. And and there was another one in 1933 in East St. Louis, Illinois, where he bludgeoned somebody with a hammer, killed them. There was another one in 1939. They just has a Mexican named Ventez in Stock Stockton, California, choked to death and buried under a house. Jesus. There was another one in Seattle, Washington. Coleman claimed that. It involved a prominent colored man, but refused to disclose details. It was an undefined, under, unidentified man. There's another, un, another unidentified black male killed by Coleman while he was at a circus. Uh, there was a white girl Who named killed at a circus. You're supposed to be having fun. What a fucked up way to go. Yeah, and this was a, that one was in Canada. You think it was a universal circus? Don't worry about I it. Don't, don't answer. It. <laughs> Keep reading. Keep. Reading. You reading it? <laughs> you gotta cut that, or <laughs> he's unidentified. I don't feel like I, I don't know. I'm not gonna cut. Keep That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, no, in May 1943, it was a white girl named Tuli killed by un- killed by unknown means. Was thrown in a river. Jesus, it was way down. And our body was thrown in a river. There was three unidentified men shot over the span of a single week, supposedly while he was while he worked as a trigger man for a gang. 
Like he was a hitman. He was a hitman. Jeez. And um, this guy wears so many hats. There was another one in Lake Lake Wana, New York. Lackawanna, Lackawanna, New York. Sometimes I've heard so many cities and states in in your uh, your story this week that they're added to my list. Yeah, Lackawanna. Yeah. So that was let's see, that was eight victims right there. Uh, so before his execution, Coleman wrote a letter addressed to his son Lee in a dictionary, stating that he was going to be hanged for the murder and that he was sorry. This dictionary was currently on exhibit um, at a historical museum in Fort Missoula in Missoula, along with an assortment of other random artifacts reflecting on the city's history. Wow. Well, somebody went up in there and was like, is that a Philip Coleman's dictionary? Yeah. And they go, how the fuck you know that? Yeah. <laughs> how the fuck you know that? Without reading the little Without, black. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Philip, it's a Philip, it's Philip Coleman's dictionary, huh? But that's crazy, you know, as a... His children, whatever he left behind, they yeah. Don't they write see me that, and it's like, I'd rather just not know. I'd rather just not, not remember that you're my dad. Yeah, yeah. Don't remind me and don't involve. Now he's like wrapped up his son into his yeah crime, yeah. and yeah. he's a part of the story now. Like you're reading, this guy should just get to live his life. His dad abandoned him. You don't get to suck your son back in to your darkness. Yeah. So that was the story of Philip Coleman. This is his picture. He like he like Marlon Wayans to me a little bit. He does look like Marlon Wayans. He also he also looks like the black dude. This is a very deep cut reference. I don't remember his name, but um, on Real World versus World Rules Challenge, there was a guy named Puck. Hmm. He spit on a black dude who was being very rude and loud to him, and Puck got sent home. He looks like the black dude that Puck spit on. There's like one person who was screaming in their car or on their phone during their walk that's like, that guy, I don't know his name right now. But he made a really big stink when Puck spit on him. He was like, you're going home. I want him gone. He made a real big stink about it. He was like, that's against the rules. You spit on him. Even though he agitated him, you don't spit on people. But still, he agitated this guy into spitting on him. And then he made sure that the production company sent him home. And everybody was all bummed out because they liked Puck. Is, that a, is he a white guy? Puck's a white guy. The black guy, I don't remember his name. Oh, the guy that he spit on. The guy that he spit on. He God, looks like the guy that he spit on to me. I think he was in on the real world. But this was the real world role rules challenge. One of the early odds, one of the early days of Real World Road Rules Challenge. I'm a, I'm a bit of a savant. Used to love Real World Road Rules Challenge. Yeah, I can't I can't find that. It's fine. Somebody knows who I'm talking about. Uh, maybe Damien. I can't remember. Don't worry about My it. Name was David. Maybe David. Maybe David. Is it a small black dude? Oh, sorry, sorry about the noise. No, no problem. He's a small black dude. David could be it. Could be David and Puck. Oh, I see. David and Puck. You like spit on slim. Ah, oh, I see it. Yeah, I, I see it. I think you found it. Is his name yeah. David? His name is David. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, David versus Puck. Puck spit on him. Yeah. Puck kind of looked like Steve-O. He does. He was a good dude. He does. He was a good dude. He spit on somebody, which is not yep, as... I see I, it. Yeah. yeah, I see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What year was this? Like 19 fucking 98? Maybe like 2001. Oh. Yeah, somewhere around there. Classic. Oh, the stuff that's up here, man. It's sad. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane. The stuff that's up here is so sad and useless, how man. You, <laughs> how did you pull that shit out? Wow, oh, it's so sad, man. But you know, live life. But that I can't do. I can't hold. I don't know how you hold shit like like that. That has no meaning to me at all. <laughs> me either. For me to just, <laughs> it only you show me a picture and that that had the reference. It meant nothing. It's just, man, but it's up there. That's it's just crazy. stuck up. It's that just stuck insane. up there, man. It's really sad. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I got a million of other things like that that I have know. no purpose at all. Yeah, it's really sad. <laughs> oh 
shit. Yeah, he does look like him. No, he does. He does. <laughs> but that that was my story of Philip Coleman. That was a good. Story. I mean, it was it was a very entertaining story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like so many twists and turns, it's fucked up about that guy Brown. Man, his life's ruined. Ruined because he was scared to say no ruined. to somebody. Ruined. At the core of it, that's really what it is. I mean, he was scared to say no to this guy. Yeah, and we heard that before. Now it's like now you people those people usually get off. Don't have to. I mean, they're not charged. Yeah, if, if like now today the way the law works today, that guy Brown, if he would have came forward with the story first, they might have offered him immunity. But it's yeah. just different times. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. And today like, and that black, guy, like, yeah, today that guy Brown probably isn't in jail, or maybe right. does eighteen months or something. But life is no. Yeah. If he comes forward first, tells the story, puts it all on. It's like the least we could do is not give you, not you be executed. Yeah, I mean, that's the, yeah, that's the least <laughs> we can do is not kill you. That's the best they could do for him back then. Yeah. Like, well, you'll just serve the rest of your life in prison. Man, that was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a crazy story, man. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right. And we are back. Fran, um, this past May 5th was the National Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. Okay. Um, so in honor of that, I wanted to tell a story that... Um, has has gotten some media attention, but obviously a lot of these indigenous women's stories of women who have been missing and who have been killed don't get enough of the attention. That's why there's a whole day dedicated to spreading awareness about them. So uh, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Kaysera Stops at Pretty Places. That is her name. And um, yeah, uh, I got my I got my information from several places, but um, mostly like local Montana headlines and news stories, just, you know, covering local local stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, here we go. So, <clears throat> Kaysera was an 18-year-old member of the Crow tribe living, in, on, living on a reservation in Hardin, Montana, a place local natives describe as violent and racist. Everyone who knew her described her as kind-hearted, and she was known to lend her time and care to stray animals that she would find. And you said this is where again? I'm sorry. In Montana. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's a large population of, uh, right. of Native American people in Montana and the, the Dakotas and around that area. Yeah. Because, you know, Philip, that's my story. I just did. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say. He dated a Native American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's I was going to touch on it. But I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll come back around to it when cool. I get to my story. Yeah, so there were some connections there. In early August of 2019, Kaysera filmed and posted an assault of her 15-year-old paraplegic brother-in-law mm. uh, by local by local law enforcement. He was he was being, uh, like, beat up yeah. at a fair called um, Crow Fair. And she posted it to social media and commented on it. Like, the local police, they're racist. They beat up my brother-in-law. Um, he's, he's, he's in a wheelchair. So that happened in early August of 2019. And this was like something that was like a, it was repeatedly happening or? No, it just was like, you know, okay. so you filmed the police harassing So this somebody. wasn't like bullying. It wasn't like. No, no, it was, oh, like, okay. a, it was like an incident of it police like, brutality gotcha, that she filmed gotcha. and she posted it online. Yeah. I don't think it went viral, but it probably went viral locally. Like yeah. everybody around there saw it and, and nobody. spread it around yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So she often stayed with her aunt. Priscilla Brown, when she left their reservation and visited Hardin, the actual town. So okay. when she went into town, she would stay with her aunt. On Saturday, August 24, 2019, she was, with, she was with Priscilla's niece, Isabella Villegas, and Isabella's boyfriend, Natosi Summers, and another girl who was a minor, so her, she wasn't identified. They were having one last night of fun before Kaysera's senior year of high school, which was to start the following week. Mm-hmm. But the night turned violent as Natosi Summer and his girlfriend Isabella Villegas got into a physical altercation to which police showed up. Now, whether the officer showed up responding to noise or just happened to simply be patrolling the area is unknown. But either way, all the kids scattered. Later, 
Isabella and her friend returned, but were unable to locate Kaysera. They wanted to search around the house and in the backyard, but Natosi Summers would not allow them to. Okay. At one point, he got mad and started chasing them around in his car. Kaysera had plans the following day to meet up with her mother and travel to North Dakota to visit family, right? Unfortunately, she never arrived. Mm. So when they scattered, they all came back to Natosi's house, which is where they were hanging out, yeah. but, but they couldn't find, find Kaysera. Mm. And then she was supposed to be somewhere the next day with her, with her mom to, right. go some, to go, go somewhere. She didn't show up. Mm. So now, red flag, right. number two, yeah, yeah. people can't find her, so people start panicking, right? So another red flag that happened was the family had realized once she didn't show up to meet her mom that her, ver- her normally very active social media presence had gone totally dark since earlier the prior day. So she normally is posting on social media a lot. Yeah. She hadn't posted since X time the prior day. So people were like, she's not here with her mom. Yeah. Her friends didn't see her after they scattered last night, and she hasn't posted since yesterday. Red flag number three. Red flag number three. Her aunt, Pacelia, allegedly attempted to file a missing persons report with, with Bighorn County Police, but was told there was a waiting period before uh, a report could be made. As a result, an alert was never sent out. I hate that. Yeah, so because... Is it because... Is it... But is, just like is it they, always they, run away? Is it always run away though? Like, well, it's not. I don't know if it always is, but a lot of the time it is. So they 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 make you have to wait a certain amount of time. Where it's like after forty eight hours, kids usually pop back up if they're runaways. So if they're gone for more than forty eight hours, what is, I need to know the. I, need to I don't know the time. Of, yeah. Oh, the percentage, percentage of it yeah. being a runaway. But I mean, like, what 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 does it hurt know. though? Like, I don't understand. Just, is, it, do, is it wearing our it resources? Might, it, or yeah, I don't understand. It could be that. It could be like when you file an Amber Alert, that might put like uh, put local authorities on alert. They might do more patrols. They might send more manpower out. It could cost money to do that. I don't really know, you know. Hmm. But I'm, I'm I assuming think it's just forty eight hours is too much time. It's just for sure because if it, if this is the instance where it's like no, she's go- she's gone. She's gone and she's she's been gone since hour six. Yeah, and you're going well. You have to wait sixty more hours That's until cool. you can do anything. But then, if let's just let's just let's just play devil's advocate and say mm-hmm. let's say seven times out of ten, a missing persons report ha- was filed at some point before this rule mm-hmm. that we hear we hear so much. It must be it must be some kind of official rule, yeah, because we hear so much the waiting period thing. Maybe before that, seven times out of ten, it was a kid ran away. You know, seventy mm-hmm. percent of the time it was a kid ran away. Yeah. Now it's kids. So I don't know if we should be playing percentage games, but I don't know how much it costs to file an Amber Alert or, you know, all that stuff. Maybe it costs a lot of money. And so 70% of the time, if you just wait a day, your kid will come back. Maybe that's their logic. Like, it costs so much money and most of the time. Amber Alerts out there all the time. Yeah, because most of the time they'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. That's just me playing. But they need to have, like, another. It need to be, like, tiered. It need to be, like. Well, then you're playing a game of somebody being like, I know my kid. My kid, what do you have to bring? What are you going to do? Bring them their grades? Like, my kid wouldn't run away from home. Because then you're playing a weird game, you know? Because you never know. Yeah. Your kid could have met somebody online that groomed them to go meet them somewhere. But you, to you on paper, oh, we take Christmas photos every every year, and they're a great kid and whatever. And so they would never do this. But you could be wrong. You could sure. be wrong. It's true. So it's like, that's a weird game to start playing where you go, well, let's put them in the categories where it's like, this kid has a criminal record, but this kid doesn't. It's like... That's a weird. That's a weird way to start judging people and breaking people up by like, you know, preconceived notions and judgments and stuff. And and you could be wrong about that too. So yeah. it's I don't know. That's tough. I don't really know what the solution is. But this girl was missing, and they allegedly her aunt tried to file a missing person missing person report the next day, mm-hmm. and they were like, you got to wait a little longer before you do that. Yeah. So like I said, but what happens is when you don't file a missing persons report, there's no alert that goes out. So then nobody even knows to be looking for your kid. Right. So no no uh, no alert was ever sent out. 
Five days later, on August 29th, her body was found face down behind a pile of tree trimmings in a residential neighborhood. Mm. However, two weeks went by before her family and friends found out that she had passed. Her aunt Priscilla arrived on the scene and requested to identify the body, but her request was denied because they had already put the body in the coroner's van and, and they were like, no, it's they, not, it's not just, her. What? This is what they told her aunt. Like they wouldn't let her see the body at the scene to identify whether or not it was. So that's why it was a two week. Yeah, because they were like, they were like, it's not, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not case error. At the scene. How tell somebody? It's a great question, but that's what they said. So they didn't let her identify the body at the scene. So they continued to hold out hope for two weeks. Like maybe we'll, maybe she's, she's, maybe she did run away. Maybe we'll find her. You hear that shit and you go, how was this, how was this procedure? Like, how do you tell somebody? Hey man, she's already in the van. The body's already in the van. We're not taking the body out of the van. But I think it might be my kid. Well, no, we, I don't think it is. So that's why. Have a nice day. So that's they said something along those lines. Maybe not as harsh, but either way, she didn't identify the body at the scene. So yeah, it so, reminds me that that little bit reminds me when we went to go to the to the, the, the John Ramsey shit. Yeah, and he mentioned I remember him bringing up like the town that they live in. That shit doesn't happen where John Benny Ramsey was yeah. killed, and it was like, nobody. They didn't yeah. even know what to do. Yeah, and it's just like There's that no reminds me of that this. where it's yeah. like. You're supposed to have a fam- somebody come in to identify and is like, nah, yeah, we don't no. do that. This doesn't happen. <laughs> but that's crazy. weird because that's so many women and girls have been killed in Montana in the last 10 years. For that's them to be inept in any kind of way still yeah. is crazy because this isn't Aurora, Colorado or something where right. they go, we have, we get three murders a year. We don't even know what the, this, there's no crime lab or forensics team. Like yeah. this is a place that should have those things. But then we get into, it's a predominantly Native American or there's a lot of Native American population, or at least a lot of the people that are being killed are Native American, and like, who cares? Where's the money coming from? Mm-hmm. All that type of stuff. It's not just like uh, in a in a in a in a place that has money, and that's why they don't have a lot of crimes or have have the departments for this. Is like, yeah, we have money. It's a quiet place, small town. This doesn't happen here, but it's like here in uh, in this part of North Dakota. It's like. Yeah, no, this happens all the time, but we don't have any money. Yeah. And also, we're not going to get the money because there are indigenous people dying. Nobody cares. There's not going to be all of a sudden this, like, grant that we're going to get. Hopefully not. I mean, hopefully we're changing that. Hopefully people are changing that by bringing awareness to it. But they don't have the money. They should have a department to be able to help solve these crimes because it happens so much. But they don't. So they fumbled this one. Like, they fumble a lot of them. That's crazy. Yeah. So, again, her family held out hope for two weeks. Um her aunt was not allowed to identify the body that they found at the scene. And two days later, on August 31st, Yolanda Fraser, who was Kaysera's parental grandmother and legal guardian, was contacted by her brother, who had information about a body of a girl around the age of 17 that was found in Hardin on the 29th. This is the body that they didn't let her aunt go right. identify. So Yolanda contacted Kaysera's mother and her aunt again to go follow up on the information that she received from her brother. So Kaysera's mother, Gerilyn, and her aunt, Priscilla, arrived at the local mortuary to see if the body was, in fact, Kaysera's again. Her aunt had already done this. Mm-hmm. So they go to the, they go to the uh, local mortuary. They ask if they can see the body. They were told it wasn't her without seeing the body. They were told it wasn't Kaysera. I don't know if but they showed they have... a picture. I don't know if they showed that this is Kaysera, and they go, that's not her. I'm saying, I was like, did they have, like, did he, how did they, then who do they think it is, though? I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. I don't want to. Well, I have some speculations on what 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 could have happened, but I don't have the official answer. But as they, to why. but she didn't have an idea on her and like that for what they can say. But they can say that's not her. Not that I know of, like a wallet or something. That's insane. Not that I know of. 
But yeah, it's, it's like who do you th- who is like who do you think it is? We're then? trying to. Why don't you just scratch us off? We're the hoping, list? yeah. Just scratch us off. Let us see it, so you can scratch us off. They wouldn't even do that. So they they were told without seeing the body that it wasn't her. Kaysera's family continued to search and hold out hope that she would return home safely for another two weeks because they weren't able to see this body. They're like, maybe, well, maybe she's still out there. Break in that motherfucker. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure they thought about it. So they held out hope for another two weeks or about another week and a half from that point until on September 11, 2019, Yolanda Fraser was notified by Priscilla that the body found on August 29th that she went to try to identify at the scene was in fact identified as Kaysera. Mm. The family was allegedly never officially notified by the Bighorn County Sheriff's Department or the county coroner that she had been found. So they found this out through the grapevine. They didn't even get an official call or a note or a visit from anybody official. Wow. Yeah. No cause of death death was ever determined, uh, but hypothermia was mentioned as a possibility, but asphyxiation was not ruled out either. A significant amount of alcohol was found in her system, and uh, Natosi Summer had a reputation of providing alcohol to minors because he was like in college mm-hmm. and was hang, you know hanging out with younger girls. Yeah, and he was in the MMA, so he was like an in shape guy, and kind of had a, a temper too. There is some debate about whether or not her body was found wrapped in plastic. This 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 was like one that I saw some I saw some articles that said she was wrapped in plastic. I saw some articles that said that she wasn't, and maybe the when the um the like detectives arrived on the scene, they might have put a plastic covering on her, and then somebody saw her then, and then it, you know, telephone. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was wrapped in plastic because somebody saw her after she was found, and maybe they had put plastic on her. Yeah. So it's kind of that part is kind of controversial about whether or not she was wrapped in plastic, but. Interestingly enough, if she was wrapped in plastic, that would rule out the idea that she got so drunk that she blacked out trying to climb a fence because they found her on the other side of a fence. If she was wrapped in plastic, that would rule out that she got so drunk that she like fell down trying to climb this fence, blacked out, and froze to death over the night. Mm-hmm. Like if she's wrapped in plastic, that means somebody did that, did that to her. Yeah. But if she wasn't, that still leaves that open to a possibility that maybe she got so drunk. Like the um, who's the girl that was found in the freezer in Chicago? I can't remember her name right now, but you know who I'm talking about the black girl. She was in a hotel. She was like found in a hotel cup. Oh, I don't know her name. I don't even talking about something the, with, the, with the video footage and all that. I yeah, yeah, I don't know her. I don't know her name. Um, I feel bad blanking on it because it was such a crazy story. But there's basically that's still that's still a possible um, a possibility that it happened that that Sarah blacked out and was just left out in the elements overnight and that she caught hypothermia in the middle of the night and died. So that's still on the table. It hasn't been ruled out. But the plastic or not plastic would 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 um really shed a light on that and really be able to make you make a decision on that. Kanika Jenkins. Kanika Jenkins. I knew it was something with a K. Rest in peace to Kanika Jenkins. Sorry for forgetting her name. Um, what happened next, Fran? I wasn't really able to find a reason for. It just seems cruel and like a situation where one thing was more convenient than the other, or this was just straight up blatant extortion, which I lend to I lean towards because that helps me come up with some other speculations about this town. So just check this out. So the day after the family got word that Kaysera was officially deceased, Terry Bullis, who is the owner of Bullis Mortuary and the Bighorn County coroner, which mm. feels like a conflict of interest to me. Like yeah, he's the guy that comes. Definitely is. He, he's the guy that comes and identifies the bodies, um, uh, does autopsies on the bodies and all that stuff, finds cause of death. And he owns a mortuary where he does funeral processions. Right. So he does both those things, right? He's both of those things. That definitely feels like vertical integration, conflict of interest, feels weird. So he informed the he informed uh, K. Sarah's mother, Geraldine, that K. Sarah would have to be cremated to be returned to the family. 
this went against what? this this went against a lot of their cultural beliefs and a lot of the things that they wanted to do for a ceremony for her. But he said, in order for you to get your get this body back, it has to be cremated. The family had another funeral home that they planned to handle the funeral arrangements, but Bullis essentially forced the family to use his funeral home and immediately ordered the cremation of the body. That can't be legal. Absolutely. It, it, right? And I also don't know why, why. Why is this happening? But he immediately he immediately ordered the cremation of the body before other family members were able to arrive from out of town. They had family in What North year was this? 2019, bro. That's paperwork and everything that's involved in that. Paperwork and everything involved in that. And they had them sign the paperwork. And that cost money. They paid him. They paid Terry But they Bullis. did it before they got there, though. What do you mean? They, you said they cremated them before cremated No, no, no. Oh. They said in order for us to release the body to you, it has to be cremated. Gotcha. So if you want to do anything with this you, body. But you can't do that without doing it. You can't release the, release the, what do you mean by release the body? before? They, in order for us to give you the body, it has to be cremated is what he told You can't them. do that though. But they did it. <laughs> how can you, how can you release a body if it's cremated? Well, I'm saying, I, I don't know if, if he's saying you have to agree to cremate. I don't really know. But either way. Whenever they signed off on, okay, we'll cremate her, he cremated her immediately. But they wanted to use somebody else. They wanted to they go wanted to a whole service. another funeral home. Got you. And he was like, no, no, you have to use my funeral home. Yeah, once home. you sign that paper, that's for them. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it costs money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it wasn't like, it, it, which is crazy to me. It's like, he basically strong arm robbed them into using his business to cremate their daughter. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was that was a trick. He definitely got them. Yeah, yeah but yeah, this yeah, this is what I'm in times of grief. This is where people end up buying gold caskets, and it's just a lot of fast talking. And yeah, man, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. Speaking on that, and I do want to. I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to touch on that. I've been in that experience recently, and it's like that is death. Death, you know, it's just like when they say death and taxes. Yeah, it's that's promised it's unavoidable, and it's like it's money. Everything, everything costs money. You die, still money. Yeah. And when you're in that situation and you're grieving and it's like, you want your that family member to go out the right way. It's kind of how they put it. And it's like, mm-hmm. sharks they, though. They put all this stuff on you in front mm-hmm. of your face and you want the, it's like, and you start spending all this money and they can, you see the total, you go, yeah. what the, the hell? But it's a shark there the whole way. And like, yeah, they would, they would, they would want this. And, and, it's, and, it's, and, and it's I crazy. think that, I think that I can respect a car salesman because I can get up and leave. Yeah. If I don't like your tactics. Yeah. What I have to bury my brother. I right. have to bury my father. I, I can't leave. I can go to another funeral home and maybe they're worse than you guys. The idea that somebody can be that late to be, to be in the back of their mind, like if I sell one more casket this month, I get to go to the gold plate club yeah. or I get to hit my quota this month. Like that's happening in their mind. Yeah. Like they, they're touching your shoulder and they're being kind and all that type of stuff. But like they're in the business of sales. Yep. And the idea that that mind state can cross over with death and you be able to be good at it is scary to me. I yeah. think the most, some of the most sociopathic people I could imagine probably are people who sell funeral packages to people who are grieving. Yeah, man. Because you have to like nudge them and act like you're there for them and all that type of stuff. But you're also trying to sell to them. Sale. You're trying to sell them a twenty thousand dollar thing yeah and then you go well you know did they have life insurance they ask you questions like that you know yeah. like got payment plans and all kinds of shit yeah it's just it's it, just, it's, it's you get it's a business and it's like it's gross but it's like the shit can get that can get out of hand when you sit there it basically depends on whatever company you use and they trying to throw the the top notch shit at you it's yeah. like it's it's sad that shit is sad man. it's very sad yeah. that, and that's why i tell everybody listen man put me in a sack and i want to be a tree however much money that costs do yeah. it. Because cremation is the last thing they're going to bring up. 
Oh, that's the that's like the cheapest. That's like <laughs> the cheapest option. That's the last thing they bring it up. They don't they even bring tell it you about first, that. They don't even tell you about that. You gotta ask about that. Yeah, <laughs> they throw the the, the what it, what it, what's the called? They put the 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 ashes in the um the urn the urn uh-huh. that's just sitting in the corner. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's no. no light shining on that. No, to make it look no, good, no, nothing. no. So you don't even pay that. No yeah, money. no, don't even worry about that. So like I said, they, this guy uh, Terry that's Bullis so carried out this whole thing to get them to sign off on using his funeral home. To wow. do to do the service and and cremate um this this young girl Sarah. and they did it he did it in rapid pace before the, Quick, the family yeah. from out of town could even arrive to to mourn her body or do some kind of they do cultural ceremonies and stuff they couldn't do any of that stuff because he did it so fast so after much difficult after much difficulty from the lack of crime scene tape or like demarcation of any time any kind like basically they found her body got her out of there and there was no leftover remnants of what the crime scene was but the family wanted to go to the crime scene because they wanted to perform a cultural ceremony at the crime scene yeah so they had to go through all this shit to find the, the crime scene because there was no evidence that a crime scene it was even existed there was no tape left anything it was only days after. they didn't even know it was her didn't even know it was her didn't even know it was anybody so they they, they eventually were able to track down the location of where case sarah's body was discovered and then days after this was days after she was cremated that they went to go do this. Mm-hmm. So days after the, she was days after she was cremated, they went to go find where she was found. They were shocked when they saw how much of a high traffic area the scene was. The neighborhood was incredibly active and full of activity, and you know people walking their dogs and all types of stuff. Right. Um, their intention for visiting the site was to perform a cultural ceremony. While at the scene, the family spoke with Jason Cummings, the jogger who discovered Kaysera's body. He said he saw the police remove her phone from her pocket and he and he told them to charge the phone so they could identify so they could notify her family. He says, I told them that I said, is that her phone? Make sure you charge it and then you can find find this person's family because we, we, if you guys don't know who she is, the phone will tell you. Imagine, imagine a person, tell a guy, a, tell a professional to be like, hey, you should do this. A guy in uh, dry fit material. He's going for a run and he's doing detective work, you know. Which I don't even think that's detective work. Use call the last number in the phone. That's is that is that am I a true detective? Like what what's happening? So he said that, and I, I clearly they didn't do that though because they never notified them ever, right? So he says he remembers telling them that. He says he also remembered questioning the officers as to why the scene was wasn't secured. Like there was no caution tape. There was no people could be walking around, stepping on things. Like they just didn't seem uh adept at doing any of this stuff or they seem to not care and that's the question like did, did they fumble this or did yeah. they just not give Probably a not shit care. yeah so okay sarah stops at pretty places his death is still a mystery there are people who believe that a town this small where the coroner is able to extort grieving families into paying him to use his funeral services while also being the coroner it's crazy and still like that's that's unbelievable to me you know what i mean like i'm the coroner and also i i have a a, a funeral home so I get I get first notification get first on, on who's di- who yeah, died. I get first dibs. and I can call the family, talk to them. What it's like crazy. Like it's it's like shit in where you eat. It's yeah. just it does, that seems like that's not that's, that shouldn't be allowed. But in these small towns, you find all these kind of rackets like this. Like how did people make money around here? It's like oh uh, they they found wait loopholes in the laws or in this small town and nobody really is paying attention that they're able to make tons of money doing like in city of it's shit. Like there's only one of them there and shit. Yeah, like, they get all the business. Exactly. I, I see a lot of that. There's that show. Um, what's that sh- fucking country show? It's like country fucking. It's like country fucking uh, Ozark. Somebody told me to watch it. I watched an episode and I got that vibe from it. It's um Dennis Quaid. I think it's Dennis Quaid and he's a he like owns a cattle farm, but he's make mixed millions of dollars. But it's that kind of thing where it's like, 
what do you do here? Why are you in the middle of Montana? Like, oh, I make, I make tons of money out here selling this to this. And they're like, that's a job? Oh, yo, yeah, I'm the only person that's allowed to do it. Yeah. So if you want to buy this, you got to come to me. Yeah. It's that kind of, like, these are the kind of things that happen in towns like this. Because it's all about who you know and old money or old names and your name, the town's named after your family. All that type of shit matters in little towns like this. Yeah. Anyway, like I was saying, so there are people who believe that a, a town this small where the coroner is able to extort grieving families into paying him to use his funeral service is more than capable of being evil enough to protect one of its own. Natosi Summers' mother, whose house is less than 100 yards from where Kaysera's body was found. Keep in mind that they were hanging out that night. Mm -hmm. He lives at home with his mom, so they were hanging out at the house that's 100 yards or less than 100 yards from where the body was found. He got into a weird altercation with his ex-girlfriend that the police came and they showed up. Then the two, then her friend, who she was hanging out with, and the, the other friend came back to be like, where's Kaysera? And he was like, get out of here. I don't know, but I'm still mad at you. Get off my property, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And then chased them off in a car or whatever, right? So his mother, that guy's mother, she has ties to law enforcement and local government. There is a belief that the real answers will never be uncovered while the case is in the hands of local authorities because there's, there could possibly be some corruption or some covering up of something that they know. That like they surprised. might be protecting a murderer. Yeah. There's a belief that until this case is handed over to the FBI, mm. where, it's an, uh, where it's an objective, you know, no, no ties to anything, purely looking at the facts, force on the case, that no answers will ever truly be discovered. The search for justice in this case and hundreds of cases involving the deaths and disappearances of indigenous women in Montana and beyond continues. And we must say their names and show their faces as to not let their stories fade into obscurity. And that is why uh, days like the National Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered um, Women and Girls exists because these stories don't get a lot of attention we saw a lot of this, and I hate to keep bringing her name up in a negative connotation because that's not what I'm intending to do at all. But it did, it kind of, it kind of put a mirror on society. And when Gabby Petito went missing in this area, she went missing like in Montana or North Dakota, mm -hmm. and there are people coming forward and saying, "My daughter's been missing since 2013, and nobody, there's, I haven't never seen a news van in this state about that or the hundreds of other girls, you know." So that situation. God rest her soul, did shed a light on the disparities in media yeah. when it comes to who gets the resources that are needed to help find somebody who's missing. Yep. So, you know, and by doing stories like this, by having days like uh, the National Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered Girls, Indigenous Girls, things like that help to try to curve that a bit. So, uh, again, rest in peace to Kaysera. Stops at Pretty Places is such a beautiful name. And she was only 18, bro. She was about to go start a senior year of high school. Yeah. And she's she's she was murdered, and her murder is has gone unsolved to this day. She was murdered in 2019, murdered unsolved to this day. And she's not the only one. Hundreds, last decade, hundreds of women. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my affirmative murder. Got any questions? Nah, man. It was a great story, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. I was trying to spread, trying to spread some awareness best I can. Let's go ahead and get into these good vibes. Friend, whose turn is it to kick things off? 
It's on me? Yours, my good sir. Sorry. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, Fran, my good vibe story this week is about an Irish woman okay. who won $145 million in the lottery, and she has already given away over half of it. She said, quote, I'm addicted to helping people. Yeah. Ain't nobody that damn addicted. I'm addicted to, like, I'm addicted to sweets. I'm addicted to <laughs> sweets. Uh, money, I have no addictions as far as giving away money to people, but, you know, it's nice sweet. I get addiction. But nah, I don't have that. I don't have that one. It ain't that. I don't have that one. Skipped a generation on this end. Uh, so a self-confessed charity addict. One of the that sounds like one of the worst ones to have. No, I'm lying. It's one of the best ones to have. Man. It's great. It's a great. <laughs> it's great to be addicted to charity and not drugs. You know, like that's way better. So that's great. You're helping people. So a self-confessed charity addict won more than 145 million dollars. That's 115 Jeez. million euros for him. She won it in the lottery, allowing her to overdose on her admitted addiction. That's all right. Taking the analogy a little too well, far. How old is she? She looks like she's comfortably in her fifties, maybe like fifty nine. Well, you still got plenty of time. Left. Like you're in the twilight of your life. Go fucking big. But it's hundreds of millions. Like if she breaks it down to thirty left for herself, she's good. I wouldn't do that. But like you know, thirty million dollars is still a ton of money. Yes. So she's still got plenty but of money to go live. And is, is more. Oh yeah, you could buy one of those mega yachts. Man. I would just become nautical. I'd be like, I only I live on the sea, and I take a helicopter to my houseboat. That is a mega yacht mansion. Yeah, that would be how I live. I'm gonna deal with people. Let's yeah, pirates. Yeah, or I I fly you in. Yeah, which gives me all the control. It's like I get people who I want here, and you know they leave when I tell them to, and we're all gonna have a good time. You know, because of the implications. Yeah. You got some pirates out there though. You gotta be. Oh yeah, you don't want to get pirate attacked in the middle of the night. You're sleeping on your houseboat, and you get raided by pirates. Yeah, man. The last thing I want to hear when I'm living my life with 100 million dollars is like, I'm the captain now. Yeah. Like from sleep, like with a gun hit your temple. That'd be crazy. Man. How'd you get on here? You're like, because you think, <laughs> I locked the doors. Like, there are no doors, man. You're in the middle of the ocean. There's no doors. We just climbed on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, she ended up making news and headlines around the UK and Ireland. Her name is Frances Connolly, and she, she has already given away $74 million of her fortune. That's 60 million euros, uh, along with her husband, Patty. Patrick, who who actually bought the winning lottery ticket. So I'd love to talk to, but they look happy in the picture. Let me slide it to you now before I even keep reading, right? Okay. Patty looks plenty happy. Yeah. She got him an old vin, uh, a fleet of vintage sports cars or whatever he needs. Okay. To be. Okay. I don't. I'm okay. No, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm just oh. saying for Patty to be like, yeah, yeah, you're addicted to charity. As long as like we're financially straight, we are taking care of ourselves and having our good time. Yeah. Give it, give away some money. Go but ahead. like, I get it. You took care of me. Yeah. Patty's got taken care. Of. He's got home theater and all that. He's good. Patty's good. You see how he's popping that champagne. He got like a ten million dollar house. Yeah, yeah. He's Patty's good. He's like, yeah, give it, give some of it away. It's fine. Um, she said, "Quote: Helping people, it just gives you a buzz." And I get that. I'm making my jokes and everything like that, but I do love to give give away stuff. I, yeah, I, I love to give back. So, um, it just gives you a buzz. I'm addicted to it now. She's 55 years old. Uh, this is what she said in an interview. Connolly has been helping people since childhood. She volunteered with St. John's Ambulance as a child. And set up an AIDS helpline while a student in Belfast. Uh, while while a student in Belfast, while she was a student in Belfast, she runs several community groups that do a variety of work, from helping refugees to providing seniors with tablets so they can video call their families. And I was told recently that I've been ageist, and so I will make no comment about yeah, man. older people needing help using tablets. What, what do you mean? Who says they're old? I don't know. Sometimes people don't know how to use tablets. They're just electronically illiterate, and it has nothing to do with age. I continue. Uh, she ended up winning the Euro Millions 2019 jackpot, and that gave her all kinds of ideas on how to help people. And so she now uses her money to immediately set up two professional charities. Hmm. 
She said, so when we first sat down with our cup of tea, when we first sat down with our cup of tea, of, uh, uh, with our cup of tea, Patty said, go on then, make your list. Connolly said, basically saying like, you know, I know you want to help people. So who's, who's top of the list? Make your list of charities. She said the, the most, she said that most of the big money ideas have already been given out. And that she has received a yearly charity budget from her husband. See, he had to have his look. We're not just gonna be just giving Give away. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get a limit of year, a million. You gave away sixty million. Now you're at a cap. It's like taxes in the U.S. You gave away sixty million. Now you get a cap going forward. Every year you get to give away two million dollars. That's it for the whole year. So spread it out wisely. See, Patty, Patty smart. Patty smart. He's like, enough of this addiction shit. I know we're saying, oh, I'm addicted. No, no, no. We're gonna get that addiction under control. Six million is a lot of. Sixty million. You're done. You did it. Yeah, You've done it. charity. That's it. To me, maybe not. I don't know. I would be done. I'd be like, I've done enough charity. Charities. I did it. I won. I win charity. Anyway, so she has her charity limit put in place by Patty, and uh, she uh, they he still works at a plastic company. Though, he, though she's already spent her way up to 2032's allocation. So she's already blowing through his little rules or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's still, like, trying to keep, hold her in place the best uh, that he can. Uh, she wasn't overwhelmed, but rather recalled all those conversations she had, she had had throughout her life about what she would do if she won the lottery. The hierarchy of helping was well established. Isn't that crazy, bro? You have all these um, hypothetical conversations because dudes do this a lot. You know, like, what would you do if this happened? This happened, you know, uh, da, 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 da. And you have all these hypothetical scenarios about what you would do if you won the lottery and then you win it? Did you actually, yeah. And then you really have the option, like, bro, I would buy my mom a Bugatti, this, that, then call, <laughs> do that. You, you know, you just don't throw yeah, fantasyful yeah. things out there. But then, they, then one day, just imagine it's like, you could do it if you want. All, all those things you said, like, what are you really going to do now? First thing you do, boom. You know, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. You wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know what, to, know do. what to do. And first. I would definitely not buy my mama a Bugatti. That's dumb. That's, but that's you make your little, you know, your little hypotheticals and whatever. But when I really got the money, I'm like, mom, what are you gonna do with a what are you gonna do with a Bugatti? Yeah. It gets a million dollar car, you don't even drive fast. I'm gonna get you a nice Toyota Avalon. Save. Avalon. It's a nice car. That was really disrespectful. You get it, you get her, you get her like a what? You get her uh, a rangy Rolls Royce or something. Oh, Rolls Royce. <laughs> I will continue. Look, look how, look how, look how frugal I am. I'm in the hypothetical. Look at my hypothetical. What? A Rolls Royce. You get 160 some million dollars. You can't buy your mother a Rolls Royce. I get, get her a little rangy wangy. I get her a little rangy wangy. You can't go buy her a rave or something. A rave. <laughs> Come on, man. Man, you just throwing rapper names at me, bro. I don't even. I didn't even seen that car before. I'm gonna get her a nice rangy wangy and call it a day. Yeah, hey, get ranged up. We can get ranged up. Get range range up. brothers. Yeah, you can get. You know, we get ranged up. I'm not getting a fucking a Rolls Royce Wraiths. Yeah, man. Nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, anyway, like I said, she was overwhelmed at the prospect of having all this money come to her, and she said, "I think I'm at about." 10 to 11 million dollars now directly to charity as well as the money in the two charities here in northern ireland but i won't keep a tally in fact i don't keep a tally in case patty finds it and he finds out like i thought you said it was 60 he's like well it's more like 85 million we're gonna run out of it you're gonna you you can't just run through that money no no but if there's one way you're gonna do it giving to people I didn't even believe you, it when I said donate. it. You donate. I didn't even believe it when I said it. I, I don't want to. I don't want to blow through it in any kind of way, even if I'm giving it to people. Unless you're fucking Jeff Bezos or something, who has billions of dollars. Well, if you're Amy Bezos, is his ex-wife, she's giving away crazy money. That's but she but she has crazy money. Yeah. That's nothing to her. Yeah, to, that, that's a good point because this lady, Amy, 
or whatever. I think her name's Amy, 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 whatever her name is. I can't remember. But she's giving away hundreds of millions of dollars too. But she has billions of dollars. Yes. This lady's giving away like 45 to 50% of the money that she had. Yeah. That lady, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife is not even, she's in the like maybe seven to 10% that she's tapped into yeah. in charity. So that's what, it's levels. Yeah. Like you got to really, you got to, for me, if I win $160 million, $1.6 million, maybe 16. And in charity, she does I fuck with. Yes. But for me, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta range it into where you are. Yeah. So if I win 160 million, 1.6 million, 16 million is the max. That's 10. percent Yeah. yeah. 70, 80 million? Nah. Come I'm on. Sorry. That's crazy. That's no. Nah, you're crazy. That's, that's crazy. No. Nah, you, that you're, now you're talking about 75, 60 percent of the money that you got. Yeah. Nah. Come on, man. Then tax is gonna come back around at some point. You gotta come on. Dangerous. Man. Nah. You're getting crazy. You're getting, you're getting <laughs> crazy. You're getting, she's getting crazy. But she's doing it. She's crazy with love and wanting to give to people. Yeah, until you run out of it, and then them charities go. I mean, hey. Yeah, you go to the charity like, hey, um, so I gave you guys forty million dollars. You think I could get a little bit of it? Oh no, I'm sorry, we don't know you. Yeah, we don't remember that at all. We always had this money. They're not gonna come help you out. Help you out when the tables turn. No, no. So in terms of personal treats, they did buy a new house, okay, a six bedroom home in Durham mm -hmm. with seven acres of land. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, they said, room. Yeah, oh, oh, big time. Maybe a lake. Go ahead and get a catfish out of that lake, yeah. you know, fried, diet, lay it to the side, you know. Rippies and gravy. I ain't too lazy. There you go. <laughs> so so, so, so uh, she said, I've never actually had to come to terms with all that money because we've had it for such a short amount of time and already gone through so much of it. She says that she said, adding that most of it has already been pieced out of a out of her large family, given to charity okay. or placed in safekeeping. Somewhere. Investments. Yeah, yes. Or safekeeping. We buried it in the backyard. Uh, if I had any, if I had any advice for a winner, I'd say money liberates you to be the person that you want to be. Ooh, I like that. Well, she wants, she wants to give away, like living a luxury lifestyle, lifestyle. Well, not her. That's not what she's doing. Oh, she's getting. But she's saying that it turns you into somebody you want. to be Well, that's 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 what you want to do. If all you do is talk about rates and Rolls Royces all day, if you get the money, that's what you're that's what you're gonna be. You're gonna be Floyd Mayweather. Don't talk to me. Don't see look. Don't oh, talk. I hope we never make it, bro. Don't I talk hope to we, the money would just corrupt you, man. What? <laughs> I'm you had on sunglasses. We don't have any money. You had on sunglasses the whole weekend. Imagine if you had the money to back that up. Don't talk to me, man. <laughs> and you are who? I don't know who you are. <laughs> so she also she also went on to say that if you're stupid before you get it, you're going to be stupid afterwards. Yes, sir. So keep That's that in true. mind, friend. You're stupid before you get it, you're gonna be stupid afterwards. And that was the story of the self-professed charity addict named Francis Connolly from Ireland, Shout out the to UK. Him. Shout out to them, Shout both to her them. and Patty. My good, good vibes is a family. A family's new puppy is already worth his weight in gold after Ooh. digging up coins worth nearly six thousand pounds, which is seven thousand five hundred sixty-four. What you're doing? A U.S. conversion? Yeah, yeah it's oh, U.S. Yeah. seven thousand seven thousand five hundred sixty-four dollars. 51-year-old Adam Clark bought Ollie a, I don't, I'm not uh, familiar with dog names. This one is a Legato, uh, Romagnolo. No. I don't know. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, as a surprise for his nine-year-old daughter, Alicia, last month. The breed is known for digging. That's what they mm. do. Especially for truffles. And on March 30th, at his first walk around the local English fields, the young dog stumbled upon a small fortune. Mm. To his Blackpool-based owner, owner's delight and utter disbelief, Ali instinctively dug up a total of 15 gold sovereign pieces 
likely dating back to nineteen back to the nineteenth century. So the dog found like a sack of gold. A sack of gold. This is like the plot of the leprechaun. I don't know. I should we should be <laughs> concerned about them. There might be a leprechaun coming after them. Oh, you think so? Swears to me, gold. They, just, they come back. That leprechaun from the leprechaun movies was not to be fucked around with. Which one? Yeah. One back in the hood. Well, he's he is a part of that franchise, yes. But I just mean like the first leprechaun. Oh, okay. Leprechaun in the hood got silly. Yeah, the but first leprechaun he was, was terrifying. Scary. Oh, he's scary at all. He's scary in all of them. Yeah, <laughs> he's always rhyming. Yeah. Oh, I like your Jordans, yeah. but now this is where your ends comes. You're like what? <laughs> and then he stabs you. <laughs> so Adam, who works uh, works in property, took the gold coins to be examined by ch- charts. One of the leading gold dealers in the country who valued them at staggering 5,000 pounds. So- <laughs> Sorry, guys. I think uh, the aliens have arrived. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Okay, open the door. Sorry, folks. I don't know what the hell that was. That was crazy. Just let her, I, I don't, don't play that. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was valued at a staggering five thousand nine hundred forty three pounds, which is again seven thousand five hundred sixty four dollars nice. in the U.S. The landlord is thrilled with the return from the treasure, but believes the real prize is Ali himself, dubbing him his very own gold hunter. Mm. Adam said, "When we got him, we thought he seemed special." Okay, Alicia was. <laughs> you don't there. believe that? You never seen Airbud? Sometimes a dog just has that je ne sais quoi. I get it, man. I, <laughs> he found something that I was like, oh, I, I always thought he was special. I knew it. Okay. See it in his Did eyes. Did you? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia, was, Alicia was over the moon, and we couldn't wait to take him out for his first walk around the gala fields. We'd literally been walking for around 10 minutes when Ollie suddenly stopped and started frantically digging away at the soil. Oh, this is first walk? First walk. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. Come, that's, come on. You got to give when him credit. He unc- <laughs> that's special. It is. It first is. walk? You find seventy five hundred and gold. Maybe that bag, the, the bag it was in, had a, a scent. Unicorn. I mean, uh, unicorn. I mean, a, leprechaun. A, a scent? Leprechaun scent. Leprechaun cologne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> leprechaun scent. Yeah. That's when he uncovered the pile of gold. The pile of gold pieces. I couldn't quite believe it. The proud pup's owner said, "The treasure is one thing, but the fact, the fact is, I bought myself my very own gold hunter. I cannot wait to take him out again. He is obviously a very special pup, and I'm thrilled with." With what he brings to the table, quite literally. I mean, let's not. I don't think we should expect that every time you go out fine. He just a gold mine. He's putting expectations on Ollie, man. Let him be a dog. He's like, it's great. He just finds gold every time we go on walks. What if it was just food next to it and he just happened? It's just just a coincidence. (laughs) And now he's going to be mad at the dog when he He never finds gold again. I believe that you're putting his dog, putting putting him down, putting his self esteem down. Yeah, putting putting too much pressure. You haven't found a bag of gold in over two years. What the fuck, Ollie? Yeah, man. So that was that was uh. The story of Ali. Uh, I did want to ask you, please. You got anything about you know good vibes? I'll good vibes. Anything else? No, no, no. Please. I've been, ask uh, away. I was on TikTok mm-hmm. on air. Great uh, app. Occasionally, and there's some videos where I go. I can see and watch this. Just, just random. Mm-hmm. Is there any random videos you come across or pages where you just like? Oh yeah, it's satisfying. Yeah, uh, PD USA. Love. I love PD USA. He's funny. He's this long haired white guy. He talks, he like, he does, does different versions of himself. Oh, okay. So be like, hey man, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just in this tree. I found some nuts up in this tree. Oh, I follow that guy. Oh, oh hilarious. PDUSA is I love one of my guy. favorites. Like, he's like, oh guy. yeah, man, I found something between the car seat down here. There's like a guy down here. He's like, oh yeah, that's just the uh, seatbelt guy. You yeah. Just put your seatbelt on. 
Give, give him a little, uh, let him lick your finger. <laughs> he did what I think I showed you a long time ago, a while ago when I found it. It was the one with the football. The football one. Oh, he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's yeah. like want to blow for catch? And then, like, it's his dad in the room, like, hey, man, I can't. So sorry, can't sorry. He son, walked I in, so I'm doing that. Yeah. Oh, my, I loved it. Yeah. I was like, this dude's right. He, yes. They should be in producing yes. or something. PDUSA. <laughs> um, there's also, I think his name is Nice Dan. He's this white guy who just, he just, he dances, but he does. He dances to like every beat. The camera angle changes, mm. and he dresses real cool and funky. And it, you know, it's always dancing like hip hop songs. Like yeah. with a blick too, and the camera cuts, and then he does like a white. He dances like a white guy, but it's kind of it's not like you know. There's some white guys that do like spin the backpack around their neck. Yeah, yeah. he's not doing cool hip hop dancing. He's doing like white guy dancing, but with some funkiness to it. Mm. Um, I like them. And there's this other my favorite TikTok account is called Tag a Showy. It's these two British dudes. They're in the car. And they put the camera right up in their face. And then they just they just improv with each other in the car. Really? Yeah. So they'd be like, have you read the latest Roll Doll book? But the, the camera's right up in their nose. You can see up in their nose. And they're like, Willy Wonka and the Willy's Chocolate <laughs> Willy's Chocolate Factory. And it cuts to the other guy. And he's like, Willy Wonka and the dog who shit in the bed. Like, they just keep cutting uh, back. So I, oh, I, have, I have a couple of go-to. I have a couple. It's, it's a, it's the, other, the three I'm bringing up is just, just random. So one of them was, it reminded me of this story because one of them is like a guy. He, has, he just goes out to the beach and just fucking gets his metal detector. Uh-huh. And I just watch him find shit. He goes walk, beep, 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 beep. and oh. then he put it down and just digs and then gotcha. he has like a small one. Yeah. And oh, like a little like a little, little one. Detection? And like if he he digs it and then he put the big one over top of it, it doesn't beep, he goes over where he threw the dirt. And he does that. And then if that goes, he goes down, take the other one out and cut it on and grabs him. Beep, 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 and then yeah. he'll find like a ring and five yeah. coins. I was like, that's See, that look funny I didn't shit. I didn't notice what you were talking about. Yeah, I, that's do, I have some of those too. I have another I have one where I it's a guy he makes uh clay pots. Mm. And it it might take the whole whatever the max time ninety yeah, yeah, seconds yeah. whatever I'm just yeah. sitting there it's like slowly making the handle yeah. of the pot and it's like shit like that is relaxing. relaxing yeah it's there's another one where it's a guy I don't know what he called I don't know I can't remember the name but he's a window cleaner mm, with the squeegee thing with the spins it around but you have to the thing about it is you gotta you can't just like because it won't it won't clean you gotta right. get all the stuff so up. you gotta like cut in the middle and fling it around and I'll sit, I'll sit yeah. there and watch like five videos. the squeegee boys could never. <laughs> <laughs> the squeegee boys should take notes. Yeah, because they aren't doing. It's it a like technique that. you have yeah, to. Do. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. can't go in there. And just, you can't just go get a squeegee nah, from the gas nah. station and just start squeegeeing. You start in the middle and then you go up. You got it's crazy. That one is another one where it's like a guy. He just happens to live in front of two speed bumps, and he he his he has a house. His house video records the speed bump, uh-huh. and it's two big ass speed bumps, and it's people that just come back and go. Oh, and Boom. fuck their cars up. And fuck their cars. That sounds great. Up, oh, man. I didn't know this. This this lane is another. This, this I didn't know that you were talking about yeah, this lane. Yeah, yeah. Because the ultimate one for this for me. Oh, it makes me so happy to talk about this guy. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever talk about him on a podcast. But he he's this British guy who loves trains, mm-hmm. and he puts a little camera on the front of his like hat. Yeah. And the camera makes his head look so big, <laughs> and the rest of him looks so small. And he'll be like, "Oh my God, that's a P ninety forty seven from the 17th exchange train and then the train rides by yeah. and he'll he'll be on the he'll be on the ledge of the thing watching the train buckle by he's like <laughs> he loves he trains loves it. and he goes like this with his arm and the and train goes scoop boop he goes oh no. oh hello oh man that's one of the they don't make those engines anymore they don't make those horns anymore he's one of my favorites <laughs> i love him so but it's that's like great. the camera makes him look i got to send you some it makes it look like it's like you're on acid like it it looks 
makes him look all his head look like big, like an alien. He's looking at him. Yeah, it's looking at him, oh, and you get like, to see his facial expression. He's like, but when he moves, the way the camera is makes everything look silly. So he's like, oh, what? Oh, I think that's a, a Cessna thirty six. Oh, he, he knows all, all the trains. That's man. crazy. Oh my god, bro! It's I yeah I do I have a couple of those kind of rabbit holes. Some stuff yeah, is like funny, but other stuff I'm like I just like this. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Some stuff yeah yeah. That's but funny. um no I got a lot of those type of ones. Now before we get out of here, obviously we're gonna do a quick recommendations corner. Fran, we both started watching We Own the City. This yes. is the first time you're actually a shocker. I don't even have horns right now, <laughs> but Fran is actually ahead of me on a show. Fran okay. is actually ahead of me on a show. I'm on episode one. You're on episode two of We Own the City. Yeah. It is. It, this is something I've talked about over the last couple of years. I've mentioned it a couple of times. I've never covered it in depth, but I've talked about the Gun Trace Task Force on this podcast several times. This show is a like a real show yeah, yeah, depicting yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and it's really detailed. As it's it's David Simon. It's the guy that did The Wire. So yeah. that's what he does. He goes in depth. He gives you all the details. Great actors. Some people from The Wire. Is um, he from here? David Simon. Yeah, I think he was a right. I think he worked for the Baltimore Sun or something. Okay, like that. he's 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 yes, he's lived here. Yeah, he's been in depth in Baltimore for sure. He's he's gone deep into stuff. Um, we own the city. The first episode I saw was great. I'm assuming the second yeah, episode was great too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 a really good show. It's probably going to win some awards, and it's also going to. Sp- I didn't know it was. Di- Here's the thing that tripped me out. I didn't know it was directly the story. I thought it was going to be like loosely based on no. but then when they showed sean Souter, yeah, yeah, yeah i was like oh shit no this is like the real st- these are yeah. this is what actually happened yeah they had what's name in the damn young moose they had the a bottom of rapper that's in the show oh, oh yeah. shit my bad I didn't mean to I, oh in the second episode <laughs> see, this, this <laughs> is why you shouldn't know this is why you shouldn't see stuff before me but it's fine that's cool that's great uh i look forward to seeing him in, <laughs> yeah. in episode two but no the show's great yeah, yeah. um great i love I, I, I love hbo just does it's somebody's bo max let me just it's somebody's bo max I almost turned on Euphoria. I almost went, I'm about to watch this. <laughs> it sucks you in. HBO Max is different, man. It's great, bro. They're shitting on Netflix. HBO- <laughs> Netflix, every every time HBO comes up with a new show, Netflix, they lose another string HBO that they're holding on by. Is, is, I've been on there and I've been like, I don't watch Free Guy. I've been, HBO's different. HBO Max is different, man. I go in there, I want to watch shit when I'm on air. Yeah, H- H- HBO, <laughs> HBO Max has the goods, bro. Yeah. And another show that I recommend, I don't think I need to recommend because it's so uh, in the zeitgeist of, of this podcast, but um, the story of Michael and Kathleen Peterson, The Staircase, one of the most notorious and infamous um, true crime stories ever about a woman who her husband said she fell down the steps. Mm-hmm. There was an, um, allegations of an owl maybe came in the house and scratched her head up. And that's why she has wounds on her head. And he was found not guilty. I believe this was the story that in the folklore of my favorite murder, this was the story that Karen and Georgia met at a party and dis- discussed the staircase and like birthed my favorite murder. Mm-hmm. And they, they've made a real life show out of that. It's called the staircases on HBO max. Now, Tony Collette's in it. It's a great cast. I love Tony Collette. So anything she's in, I'm going to watch, but um, so I watched the first episode of that. I watched the first two episodes of that. That show's really good so far. It's, it's the really whole thing's like, on it. I think so. I'm not sure, okay. but no, because HBO Max doesn't do that. Okay. So, so, so it's new. It's new, but oh, at shit. least two episodes have come out. I gotta watch that. Yeah, and it's really shocking too because they made this dummy of Tony Collette to show her dead. So it's disturbing to see. And there's blood. Like they they really made the crime scene, but oh, it's shit. really it fucks you up because you're like, this really happened to somebody. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure if somebody's family member saw this bloody graphic scene with this lifeless doll, yeah, you know, it's it it's, it, it, it's it, it was gra- it was graphic for me to see. So I could only you know I could only imagine. But um, the staircase, we own the city. That's two for me. Yeah, you and you're also on the we own the city train. Yeah. Um, 
And that's about Winning Time, which is a Lakers. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Finally, everybody's been around you telling you how good it is. Yeah, man. I finally, I finally went on. I've been off, so I've been on binge today. Yeah. How much does that guy look like Magic Johnson? John C. Riley. Oh, you're talking about the other guy. No. I'm talking about I'm, the guy that's playing Magic Johnson. John C. Riley, I'm sorry. That's my John guy. John C. Riley's great. I love, I love John C. Riley. But I'm talking about uh, Quincy something. Oh, you know the Quincy. actors' names and stuff? Yeah, man. Get the fuck <laughs> out of Hold up. <laughs> you learned, some, you learned some people's names? Yeah. I love the show. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I love the I was show. like, no, his name's Magic Johnson. Because yeah. I, I, I don't know his name. Yeah. You learned his first name, his, the actor. His name is Quincy. He's great. He's got the Magic Johnson smile. He sounds like him. He's great. Winning time, winning time is great. I love the show. And that's all I got. Oh, wait. Bad Bunny dropped oh. a new <laughs> album. Fran. Yeah. The summer's just going to be different this year. I wasn't is expecting it? it. It's like 26 songs on the album. Fantastic songs. Great vibes. You know, I don't need to even really speak on it much. Yeah. Just want to let people know that it happened in case they don't know. Hard to imagine that you don't know, though, because he's projected to sell like 260,000 copies in the first week because he's a superstar. Dang. So shout out to Bad Bunny. But uh, yeah, you got anything else? Um, You know what other shit, random shit I went deep into yesterday? Go for was it. Was album sales. What do you mean? I, some popped up on my phone. I was like, and I just went in like, who has the most album sales? Just, of all I time? I just went in. Yeah. Who was it? Michael Jackson. Yeah, not a shocker at all. Crazy. Do you know what it is? Hundreds, what, of, hundreds of millions. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> something oh, ridiculous. It's something, something. You know what you should watch? I recommend because now you can see this, this random stuff I got in my head. <laughs> they they make these YouTube videos where they go from like 1950 to today, mm-hmm. and it'll show like uh, a chart, like a graph of album yeah. sales. So it'll be like Elvis, Little Richard, The Beatles. Yeah, and then it'll time will go forward, and it'll be like, uh, you know. ACDC, ACDC mm-hmm. comes up the list. The, this person comes up the list, and but then maybe like so. Let's say Elvis is at the top. Then they get to like eighty-two. Michael mm-hmm. Jackson, boom! Michael Jackson. And as time goes, time goes forward. Michael Jackson climbs up to the top, knocks, knocks Elvis Crazy. down. Then Beyonce comes on, knocks Elvis down further. Then Adele yeah. comes on, knocks Beyonce down. Yeah, yeah. Drake comes on, knocks this person down. Taylor Swift comes on, knocks everybody down. Taylor Swift fucking sells albums. So I like those. It's like yeah, a yeah. it's like a timeline of album sales. But nobody through generations. I don't think nobody will ever. Michael Jackson. No, be, and well, especially times have changed. Not, yeah, times have changed. So that's yeah, yeah, that's an sure. advantage that he has. Yeah, yeah. So what they do now is like they have all these different type of metrics for streaming, but streaming is just bullshit. Nobody's yeah. buying albums anymore. Streaming's a lie. Yeah. It's all ba- made up bullshit. Like a physical album sale will never those records will never be broken because yeah. streams are bullshit. Yeah. So yeah. I no. went th- I went through that and I went I looked to up to sell like, a million copies of an album in one week like People had to go go to, to go the to store. store. Yeah, yeah, that'll never be. It'll never no. be getting up or getting up at midnight and downloading an album is not nearly as much effort. It yeah. doesn't count as much at all. Yeah. So I went. I went and looked up that just, and I went to look up like albums to listen to from front to back. Mm-hmm. So I got a, I got a list of albums I want to like. Oh, got to listen to Radiohead. Okay, computer. That's a great album, bro. There was a song. I, I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna post it tonight. Okay. There was a song from Radiohead that I heard like 12 years ago. If you say creep, I'm gonna. And I listened to no, no, it's not creep. Oh, okay. And I listen <laughs> and I listened to that that song faithfully ever since. It's yeah. fucking. Um, I don't even know how I came across it. It was um, it was uh, 15 steps. 15 steps. I don't know that one. And that song, ever since I heard. What that does it song, do to you? I don't know, man. <laughs> it was like. Bing, 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 bing. Is 
it slow? It's slow. It's a slow one. Bing, bing. He goes. Uh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> you really going after it, man? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I'm gonna make sure I download I that Radiohead song. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna right. post this song, but I love that song. I heard that song 12 years ago, and I love that song. Yeah, you got to send me that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that one. You got excited. I'm, I want to hear it now. <laughs> I'm about to put that in the spatial audio. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of songs though. A lot of albums, like um, it was it was it was a whole bunch. A whole of list, yeah. It's a, a lot of it's a, some it's like, a lot of uh, albums. Gorillas, one of them you got listed oh, front yeah, to back. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, the albums like that, I like. Yeah, I, I like listening to albums like Big that. Where it's like it it makes sense. To Have the you whole ever listened album. to Dark Side of the Moon front to back? Pink Floyd. That's oh, one of my that favorite albums. That, that's one of my favorite albums ever. It's so too. it's such a weird experience. Like it's such a trippy just to just put it on and go from front to back. Yeah, it's yeah. just a fantastic album. It's one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of new type of music I'm be listening to in like the next couple weeks. So. Yeah, man. Cool, man. We'll do some mushrooms and you know we'll find yeah, sure, out. Sure. There you go. I'll take a sure. I'll take a sure. I'll take a sure all day. <laughs> hey, I don't never. I don't never count. I don't never rule it out. I'll take a sure all day. Yeah. On that note, we're gonna. Oh shit! I got the audios. I got the sound effects. Back to Hit the wrong thing. The wrong show. I had to go to another show. <laughs> to get the air we don't do air horns on this show. Um, yeah, here we go. Are we? Yes. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. We're gr- happy to be back in Crime Con, and we'll Sir. see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.